We're about to go into a dark winter, a dark winter. We're still facing a very dark winter. Uh, smallpox for an intentionally caused thing, that there was a simulation called Dark Winter that didn't come out very well. Uh, called germ games, where you practice. You say, okay, what if uh, a bioterrorist brought smallpox to 10 airports? You know, how would the world respond to that? Uh, and the problem is we don't have enough vaccine to go around. Meaning we don't have enough vaccine for the United States? Well, I would like to think that, but we don't have sufficient uh, stockpiles for the people in Oklahoma, Georgia, or Pennsylvania, much less for the entire United States population. Well, that certainly doesn't sound encouraging. What do you mean exactly? Angie, it means it could be a very dark winter for America. Sobering. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Kavlik. All right. Dark winter, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us here this Wednesday, Odin's Day. Shout out to uh, Mr. Odin, by the way. Good to uh, good to <clears throat> have you watch o- watch over all of this uh, this uh, circuit circus uh, that's happening right now. Anyway, good to see you guys. Uh, thank you for watching live later on in the archives. I'm Henrik with Red Ice TV. No goes on today, of course, uh, because it is Wednesday. And uh, yeah, big show today regarding the smallpox thing. What should we call it? The uh, the the clues, the seeds are being planted. Uh, just in the same way when we now have gone back in hindsight and looked at how they planned the, uh, or planted, I should say, the seeds uh, of a global flu pandemic just a few years before they actually ensured that there was a global flu pandemic. you got to keep in mind, when these people talk about the preparedness level and that, you know, that's to give you the veneer, the... the um, the, the surface level of, of you thinking, well, they're looking out for us. They're trying to figure out how to stop these things. They they want to ensure that the threat, uh, you know, if it ever arises, if we're ready for it and so forth. No, no, no. When they, when they drop the seeds, uh, that's completely because of plausible deniability. If you come along as a crazy conspiracy theorist and, and ever suggest that, no, they, they, uh, they're planning on what they're talking about. And so if you bring it up, you look like a, a, a more, no, no, you know, you look like an idiot. It's like, no, 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 they've been trying to prevent this from happening. They've been trying to prepare the world for this to happen, right? But everyone who knows about the drill kind of um, methodology, whatever you want to call it, uh, I mean, it's a false flag, I guess, ultimately, but, uh, but it's also real because it goes live and, and people are actually, like we see now with the coronavirus uh, pandemic, the COVID-19 thing, you could have some version of a bioweapon or a spliced engineered virus early on in the process. And even if the severity level wasn't there and they had to fake the numbers to make it seem that it was much more worse than it actually was, uh, give it time. Either they released a real bioweapon uh, or they introduced it in the form of, a, uh, of an antidote, right? As we've seen now with the mRNA gene therapy and so forth, right? Um, so we're going to do a deep dive today. Uh, into smallpox and 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 see what ha- what has happened recently, what some of the signals are with this, and then we're going to look back a little bit at what what, what happened. The labs that still have uh, smallpox, one in Russia, one in the U.S. Uh, we're going to look at a couple of videos, kind of explaining, you know, looking into like when they claim that it was eradicated and stuff like that, and and it's and despite that, it keeps popping up, right? And they keep finding vials in different places and stuff, which was a news here just uh, about yesterday or two days ago. Uh, they found some uh, smallpox vials uh, at a Merck facility in Philadelphia, but we'll uh, we'll get to that here. So anyway, so I know that the Kenosha thing is going, of course, that's big. Uh, it might be 
resolved today. I've actually not uh, I had you know busy time here preparing all the things for the uh, theme re regarding the smallpox here today. I do have a couple of other things. We might start in a couple of videos. Uh, one thing actually I do want to show from the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is the mistrial thing of the misplaced file and stuff like that, right? But I think that um, we might get a, uh, a decision today here, a jury uh, finally. They're done with their deliberation, right? Is that what, they, what it's called? Uh, and of course, they're heating, it's heating up with threats outside the courthouse. There's uh, rumors of bricks being uh, dropped again. Um, solely to build back better. Of course, those bricks are not for you know. They, it's to you know. It's not 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 for anything else. You know. It's just for the uh, build back better plan. So don't uh, don't let anybody you know kind of fool you into thinking that's something else going on here. Uh, but we'll keep it. We'll keep an eye on that throughout the show here, uh, kind of in the background, or maybe even if you guys see something, put, put, post something in chat or whatever. I'll try to keep an eye on that too, and we'll see. Okay. So. Um, all right, a couple of ways, guys, if you want to join in today, and then we'll uh, hit hard the smallpox issue here. Again, I'll show a couple of videos before we get to that, some uh, more. Well, actually, it's not, all of it is not lighthearted. Uh, uh, one is lighthearted, but um, entropystream.live slash TV. You can join us over there. The Entropy Stream is, uh, is uh, up and running, both a regular and the Super Chat feature over there on Entropy. Uh, we appreciate them, good people uh, at Entropy. You can also join us at Odyssey, odyssey.com slash at TV slash live. Uh, I saw some of you guys over there. I saw one uh, came in here, and I missed that if we don't catch that soon enough. <clears throat> Thank you for that library token. Uh, sorry, I forgot your name. You got to keep it up right away <clears throat> and get up, stay on top of it, as it were. Uh, tax, me for, uh, tax me for free remigration uh, with 15 uh, library tokens. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, JP over on Entropy Chat says, uh, Henrik, nice haircut. haircut. You look really Chad. I was going to grow it up a, a little bit. I'm not, not sure what's going on, but uh, I, I appreciate that. That's, that's good to know. Thank you. All right. So before we get into uh, the dark winter here and the smallpox um, gay op, or if you prefer them, the uh, drill going live, uh, I thought we could take a look at this out of Iceland. Uh, so, you know, we've talked about the metaverse, you know, a little bit. We've talked about... Uh, what, what, what's going on here when it comes to, you know, this new reality that they're building, right? And, and of course, this is being done in conjunction. We've made this point throughout some, uh, I think more so maybe in some of the Weekend Warrior shows when it comes to how they're, the measures that they're taking to uh, prevent so-called climate change are actually the measures that's going to lead to the collapse of the biosphere, right? And I'm thinking, thinking primarily on the air capture device, uh, devices, I should say. Uh, millions of them are being planned to be built. There's one in, in Iceland, of course, uh, coincidentally, regarding the clip we'll show. Uh, and uh, there's one, there was some land in the Midwest being confiscated essentially from farmers to build one of these air capture machines as well. And of course, in this effort, they're, they're trying to suck all the carbon dioxide out of, out of the atmosphere and turn it into rock, which they can bury deep underground. So that will basically mean the collapse of the of the biosphere and the infrastructure because nothing you manage to suck the carbon out of the atmosphere, uh, nothing will grow, right? So if you ever see, you know, uh, interstellar, you know, the blight they call it there. It's kind of that that thing. I actually rewatched uh, uh, I Am Mother movie. Quite interesting. Um, but you see the same theme there, but basically like the collapse of the environment, right? Uh, Blade Runner. Uh, uh, 24 to 9 kind of shows this a little bit as well. Uh, they even show actually in 2020, 
they say it in the in Blade Runner. I just rewatched it and, and I saw it again. Like, yeah, they're actually talking about um, a uh, starvation uh, catastrophe in the 2020s, and what saved it. Uh, and I included this in the latest Weekend Warrior show, by the way. I have that up on screen right here. Uh, what saved is what saved it is the uh, Wallace design, right? This, these are the, the the name the corporation that took over took over after Tyrell. The Tyrell Corporation was featured in the first Blade Runner. Uh, but but Wallace managed to build these protein farms, and of course the protein that they're growing uh, is maggots. Um, so they tell you right there, you know what's what it, what it is about. But you see that tree outside the maggot farm, no no leaves on it. Everything's completely dead, right? So as we do that, we have to escape into the dead diverse, right? The uh, the metaverse. Uh, so Iceland out the gates here uh, is leading on, and they're building uh, their own. Metaverse called Iceland Verse. Here we go. Hi, and welcome to this very natural setting. Today, I want to talk about a revolutionary approach on how to connect our world without being super weird. Some said it's not possible, some said it's out of reach. To them, we say it's already here. Seriously, look, it's right here. And what do we call this not-so-new chapter in human connectivity? The Iceland Worse. Enhanced actual reality without silly-looking headsets. In our open-world experience, everything is real. And has been for millions of years. It's completely immersive, with water that's wet. With humans to connect with. You're human, right? Isn't she funny? <laughs> In the Iceland Wars, there's real moss you can uh, look at, but please don't touch. It's, it's very delicate. Skies you can see with your eyeballs. Volcanic rocks you can caress. Really big geysers you can observe from a safe distance. Birds you can watch. They're really cute, but a bit stupid. Waterfalls you can stand near, like this one, that one, this one, that one, and even this one. Horses you can ride with hair you can touch. The Iceland Wars is a world with possibilities so endless, they'll be here forever. So join us today, or tomorrow, or whenever. We are really easygoing. Now, please enjoy our logo. All right. Good stuff. I, I I do actually appreciate that. That's very uh, very well made. Uh, the haircut is is uh, fucking on point. <laughs> I gotta say that's fantastic. Suck uh, Musburg son. I think that's a made up name too for uh, for uh, the Zuck clone right there. You know it's a damn shame, right? Icelandic people that can be so uh, you know common sense on some issues and then totally off on others. And I'm thinking, of course, the Vax right there is one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. Uh, because it's high trust. That's the problem. It's, it's actually not a... F 
I guess you could say it's a fault by the population, but it wasn't for the hostile takeover of elites. You know, there was that interesting reshuffle a few years ago, too, of the Icelandic government and the ousting of people and stuff, right? And people are like, oh, they're kicking out the corrupt people. Nope, sorry, that didn't happen. Uh, they do not have leadership looking out for them. But they have a point, though. Like, <laughs> I was like, you're going to you flee into a thing that's as real as reality. It's no, no, it's like with water that's wet. That, that's a bit <laughs> fantastic scene, that one. It's like really clicked on that. Oh, okay, I see what they're doing here. Um, here it is right there. <laughs> <laughs> and they got the face mat, the uh, the uh, the surf uh, face on too, right? Uh, the <laughs> sock was full of uh, solar uh, what zinc powder. What, what is it, right? Um, you want to get as close to reality as possible, but but not be in reality, right? That's the, that's the name of the game. You know, you can, no no, you can smell and taste, and it's like n all the benefits and none of the risks, right? Isn't that what it's about? I mean, I'm sure soon enough they'll introduce disease and death inside of the metaverse too, right? Uh, all right. Anyway, so that's something lighthearted to begin with because we do have a kind of a heavy, heavy topic here today. Um, I guess we can save the other two. Let's uh, quickly, this is interesting from the Rittenhouse case here. I guess we can play this. Not a big surprise. There were, you know, rumors of mistrial and stuff, but I think they're moving forward anyway. Um, of, a, of, of just the chaos that ensued around this one file that the, the prosecution and the defense had been provided two different files. And now, granted, it was the same content as far as I know. It was just a resolution difference that was uh, was a big difference. But still, this kind of stuff shouldn't happen, right? This, this should not be happening. It shows that there's stuff on the back end. Someone is meddling with stuff. Anyway, take a look at the clip, uh, you know, and then we'll move from the Rittenhouse stuff into uh, smallpox and, and discussing that in a big way. But look at this. Um, as we wait for the verdict here today, uh, well, hopefully it will be today. Here we go. As soon as I received that video via email, I downloaded it to this laptop, which is the evidentiary laptop we've been using through the duration of this trial. What manufacturer is that? This is a Lenovo. Okay, go ahead. And um, I relabeled it after it had been brought into evidence by the state as Exhibit 73, because it was Exhibit 73 for ease for bringing it up, showing it to the jury. After we found out in Friday that there was this discrepancy after the videos being shown, and for the record, we did not buy that TV because of this drone video. We actually brought it in for um, John Black's slowed down testimony. That was the reason we brought this TV in. However, um, when we were in court, I played the Exhibit 73 on my computer because the state's computer wasn't here. ADA Krauss was the one who brought up the fact this isn't the good quality video. We didn't realize until playing them side by side, mine and then the state's, that there was any difference in quality. That was Friday after Friday happened. I emailed both Binger and ADA Krauss and I asked for an exact forensic copy of what they had given to the state crime lab. ADA Krauss responded back to me, forwarded me the email he's talking about to Detective Howard, and that also contained one file named as IMG underscore 0159.mov that was a four millibyte, megabyte file. Simultaneously, ADA Binger had been in contact with me, told me I could come pick up the file from a flash drive. I drove here, 
I had him take me inside and I confirmed that this file that he said was directly provided to the state crime lab was an 11 millibyte file, megabyte file, not four. So the information contained in the All right, there we go. So do you see what's going on with that? Uh, so I was actually looking for the file that they're talking about. I, I thought I saw it earlier, uh, but I can't find it right now. It's, it's all right. Uh, it's regarding the um, an overhead shot from a drone, right, that shows. And so obviously the low-resolution file, which the defense was given, you basically couldn't see anything in it. You couldn't prove it or whatever, right? It, it was some discrepancy like that while the, um, the prosecution got, uh, uh, like, the, the, they had the HD file, right, 11 megabytes or something like that. So this kind of shit has been happening, uh, you know, for a long time. Uh, weird things like that, right? So how that panned out, what difference that made, I'm, I'm actually not sure. Uh, but anyway, so we'll keep an eye on that during the show here uh, as we continue. Uh, but uh, I do have, I saw Jimmy Fallis over on Entropy Stream says, it's Wednesday, my dudes. That's right. Uh, European lockdown situation is starting to look really bad. Yes, it is. And I do have a little bit on that, too. I hope we can get to that. Germany. Proposing similar measures as Austria. It's getting worse in Austria. We'll get to that. Sweden is bringing back the COVID um, or, or introducing. I don't think they did ever introduce it fully, but now they have a COVID pass. So they're effectively going into medical, uh, you know, two-tier society here soon. Uh, it's bad in the Czech Republic. Uh, it's bad in, what were some of the other places here? Let me see. Uh, Czech Republic, Germany. Italy, Czech, uh, I think that was the primary one. There was a couple of other countries too, I think. But I have a, a video on that later and uh, some of the articles. I hope to get to that. Uh, but anyway, good to see you, Jimmy, as always. Let's um, let's do this then. Let's 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 dive in. And and so basically, here's the here's the gist uh, of what we are going to discuss here. The major part of the show here today, from. November 4th, or on November 4th, really, we had the uh, story here that Bill Gates warns of a smallpox terror attack with weaponized smallpox while he's urging leaders, global leaders, to use germ games in order to prepare for what's coming, right? And of course, just here yesterday, somehow <laughs> you have had vials labeled with smallpox found in a lab at a Merck uh, facility, actually, the big pharma facility near Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, we're all very comforted because, of course, the FBI is investigating. And that always turns out, always turns out really well. Um, we've learned that uh, when they get involved, you know, we're, uh, we're good to go. No worries about any of those kinds of things, right? Um, so, yeah, so here's the story, right? Bill Gates has warned governments to prepare for smallpox terror attacks and future pandemics by investing billions into research and development. Now, if you read between the lines, I think that says uh, governments are prepared to use smallpox on their population as a uh, biowarfare terror campaign. And uh, we need now we need the billions um, to uh, to implement this program and so that we can deploy the bioweapon. Right. That, that That's kind of. You know, a little hyperbolic, but that's that's basically where we are now uh, in hindsight after we've learned everything that we have learned uh, in wake of the coronavirus pandemic and how the elites planned all this, how they executed it, excuse me, the drills that they ran ahead of time, 
the different events, such as Event 201, went through this. And, of course, we showed in the Weekend Warrior show latest. That's why you need to be uh, subscribed over on RedEyesMembers.com. Uh, great way to support the show, but you get a lot of extra stuff as a member as well. Uh, but I went through the entire... Uh, I cut down a video and went through that, that whole video that Tedros Ghebreyesus, the uh, general director, did. Uh, he's the, the head of the uh, World Health Organization. And uh, he did a presentation at the Global Management Preparedness Board, which was a newly launched uh, organization back in 2018. And then they released a bunch of reports in 2019. And it's all about a, a global flu pandemic, right? The Wellcome Trust... Uh, the World Bank Group, uh, the uh, John Hopkins Center for Security, I think, was one of the other ones that released, a, you know, a, a, a report about this too. Uh, and he and he said it. He's like, well, I when I lie awake in this, he did that as September twenty second, twenty nineteen, right? That's before any of us knew any of this. At least us civilians uh, are mortals. Um, and just as the, what do you lie about? What do you people ask me? What do you lie awake thinking about at night? It's a global flu pandemic. And so, you know, they know <laughs> they know and they talk about this and then they use the money for, you know, preparedness and stuff to, to set the wheels in motion. Right. Uh, it's it's truly sick. Right. But uh, this only makes sense if you realize that we have an establishment uh, and an elite in this world uh, that want to kill us. It's the only way it makes sense. There's, there's no other way this, this makes sense, right? All right, so anyway, so that's, you know, some of the stuff that's come out. Uh, we could play uh, the clip there, actually, before we uh, do anything else with Bill Gates. As a reminder, we played it before, but uh, let's, uh, let's do this again here. Uh, yes, yeah, so I said, Bill Gates warns of bioterrorist smallpox And pandemic. so I'm hoping in five years I can write a book called, you know, we are ready for the next pandemic, but it'll take tens of billions in R&D uh, that the U.S. and the U.K. will be part of that. It'll take probably about a billion a year for a pandemic task force at the WHO level, which is doing the surveillance and actually doing what I call germ games, where you practice. You say, okay, what if uh, a bioterrorist brought smallpox to 10 airports? You know, how would the world respond to that? So is that what uh, that's the plan then? It's to take it to airports, I would assume. <laughs> uh, sometimes I feel they've done that with the real, with the real coronavirus, so the real COVID-19 uh, spliced um, engineered chimeric virus uh, that they just released it. Um, it might not only be the, uh, the vaccine that's the driver of the variants, right, which has made it worse and so forth, and then you have the issues of the vaccine itself, right, the side effects and... Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But uh, that's literally how easy it would be. We're, we're constantly backpedaling. We're constantly pay, playing defense. We're constantly being subjected to what these fucking scum are doing to us. And then we have to play catch up before we understand what really is going on. That has to change. That dynamic has to change. We can't be in a position where we're subjected to this by these people. Right. But uh, back to the clip. Here. Uh, you know, that. There's NAFTA really caused epidemics and bioterrorism caused epidemics that could even be way worse than what we experience today. And yet the advances in medical science should give us tools that you know, we, we could do dramatically better. So you'd think this would be a priority. It, it, the next year will be where those allocations have to get made, including this global um, pandemic task force. 
So a global pandemic task force, as in addition to addition to the global preparedness, uh, you know, board and these kinds of things. How many of these NGOs and groups and stuff is it now? It's it's unbelievable, right? But the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has, of course, had a huge hand in in restructuring the world uh, after COVID and stuff like that, including making a lot of money too. By the way, uh, that's right. I did have one image. I'll pull that in later. But uh, here's another one too where he talks about this at the World Economic Forum back in 2017. A little bit of a reminder here, too, before we you know, dive deeper into this, uh, where he also talks about Dark Winter, uh, which, of course, is this program, this drill back in 2001 before uh, the World Trade Center thing. I think this was is this in July of 2001 or something like that. I forget exact date of it. And he brings that up. And, of course, in Dark Winter, they used a smallpox virus as the issue. Here's, uh, here's Gil Bates for more. An epidemic, either naturally caused or intentionally caused, is the most likely thing to cause, say, 10 million excess deaths. As we've seen various flu scares come along, we haven't had a, a super good response. So the paradigmatic examples are smallpox for an intentionally caused thing, that there was a simulation called dark winter that didn't come out very well, uh, i.e. smallpox scored one and humanity scored zero. Flu epidemics, where you know we always talk about the potential occurrence of a 1917-like uh, Spanish flu problem. And then Ebola. You're excited about the technology innovation that's going on around this sort of RNA area. Do you talk us through you know, where we're at, how optimistic you are that we can really accelerate That's a big clue about of, the vaccines, yeah, of course, of getting with COVID. a vaccine developed. Well, there's no licensed product using these technologies. So they're still, in terms of uh, immunogenicity, duration, uh, some questions to be answered. Uh, you know, there's early animal data that, that shows real promise. Uh, and there's a lot of entities, government uh, entities, our foundation and others, who've been working with uh, the pharma companies and new entrants like Moderna and CureVac and saying, okay, what types of diseases would this work for? So if the plot even there, like the clue about the Moderna back in 2017 already, right? They, it's it's amazing. It's like they knew Fauci back in 2017. This uh, administration, speaking about the Trump ad administration, will experience a pandemic. You know these kinds of things. Uh, they dropped all these clues regarding COVID, and now they're dropping all these clues about smallpox. But uh, let's let this clip play out. Before it comes along, it will be a valuable tool. Oh, got a little bit of skip in here. Let's see if we can fix that. Sorry about that. Try again. Ongoing infectious diseases where we still have a gigantic burden. It'll be valuable for epidemics and uh, potentially uh, as a tool to, to limit the effect of, of bioterrorism. So it's it's very exciting. You know, I think it's too bad in a way that we have had to have these uh epidemics to get us to move, but you know, I'm going to the Munich Security Conference partly uh, so that people, you know, I, I, I think bioterrorism is this scary thing, but potentially if people understand that the investments against bioterrorism, against natural epidemics, and to improve our situation on the diseases that are out there, that you can get sort of a triple benefit, uh, and not just vaccines. An epidemic. And not just vaccines. Let me pause that. There we go. Okay, so that's the end of the clip right there. 
Very interesting, right? So they're seeking the funding to execute these programs. Uh, does ever, all of them that they do, uh, do they act on it and go live? And no, of course not. There's things that, you know, they still have up their sleeve. I would, you know, you could, you could reason. Um, but uh, with, with the track record, I, I think it's completely logical and reasonable uh, that, that we're nervous about these people and what they want to do, right? Because they do want to uh, depopulate. They think that, uh, you know, carbon is a, is a major issue. And, and again, the, the climate change um, you know, protocols that they're putting in place, it's not only for control, it's also an insurance policy. I mentioned that before, so that they, the elite, can continue their behavior just as usual. It's just a pesky, you know, uh, um, the, the the pesky thralls, uh, the, the, the feuds, right? That's like um, uh, an issue, right? Uh, the slaves, uh, the, the rest of us. And the human being is one of the most, uh, you know, difficult, uh, you know, uh, creature when it comes to carbon and things like that, and producing carbon and the carbon footprint and stuff. So the easiest way for them uh, is just to get rid of, of more humans, right? So, of course, we, I think, uh, have reason to worry uh, that they would actually release something like this under the guise of protecting us and helping us and stuff like that. Now, if that was not true they would have also destroyed the smallpox that they do have. And we'll get to these two, uh, to these stories in a moment here uh, of the uh, U.S. and Russia that, has, that still house smallpox. And then, of course, it shows up in other places <laughs> anyway, somehow. So somehow they're, they're producing this or somehow someone is genetically making this or somehow someone has it but didn't tell everybody that they have it. There's a number of, of, of you know, possibilities here. So the story here uh, from yesterday is that the FBI is now investigating vials that have been labeled smallpox and that were found in a lab at Merck, right? The big pharma giant Merck, who's now gotten involved in the COVID um, scamdemic, the plandemic with um, uh, their little pill as well, right? The COVID pill. And this happened near Philadelphia. Um, the FBI and Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, are investigating questionable vials labeled smallpox and found in a freezer, and found in a freezer. Uh, they were found in a freezer last night at a Merck facility outside of Philadelphia, according to an alert sent to the Department of Homeland Security uh, leadership on Tuesday night. There were reportedly a total of 15 questionable files, according to the unclassified for official use only alert, a copy of which, which was obtained by Yahoo News, Five of the vials were labeled as smallpox and ten were labeled as vaccina. Now that's, as far as I understand it, is a different uh, version of this same. It's all based on what's called the variola virus, right? That's where these, uh, where they come from. That's smallpox is the, it's, it's the variola virus in the same way, you know, the coronavirus, right? And then you have different versions of that, you know, SARS and MERS and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, so there's different variations of this. Uh, and, and they say here, the vials were secured immediately. Okay, well, good, because, you know, we can all trust the CDC, to, of course, to oversee this. Uh, and, of course, we can trust the FBI as well. They've never done anything shady or, you know, they don't set up people or anything like that. The discovery of the vials promoted a lockdown of the facility, which, was, which since has been lifted. The FDI, FDI, <laughs> FBI excuse me, and the CDC launched investigations, which remain ongoing. So we don't have, as of this moment, that much more information about what this actually is, right? Uh, if it's real, is it was it just labeled that? Was it not? And there's reason to believe that it, it actually is that, right? This has actually happened in multiple cases. We'll get to that in a moment here. Uh, or at multiple times this has happened. Again, supposedly there's only two labs in the world 
One is in Russia, in Siberia, you know, you know, fairly far away uh, at a facility called now called Vector for for short, and it's also at the CDC in Atlanta, uh, as far as I understand the situation, right? Uh, but of course, anybody could, presumably, I, I would, I, I could, I assume you 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 can grow these, you can have them multiply, and you can you know you can replicate them essentially, right? Uh, and you can. You know, give them to countries. You, there might be people selling it. Who knows, right? Uh, there might even be a thing now where you can produce it, and that's actually one of the clips. We'll take a look at clips. So we'll take a look at later. Uh, where apparently, if you have the right genetic material, you can make your own smallpox essentially in a laboratory. But more on that later. So uh, there's no indication that anyone has been exposed to the small number of frozen vials. The frozen vials labeled smallpox were incidentally discovered by a laboratory worker while cleaning out a freezer in a facility that conducts vaccine research in Pennsylvania, a CDC spokesperson told Yahoo News. CDC, its administration partners and law enforcement are investigating the matter. The vials' contents appeared intact. The laboratory worker who discovered the vials were wearing gloves and a face mask. Oh, good. Uh, that, that'll help you. They'll help protect you right there. We will provide further details as they are available, the spokesperson said. We'll take a look maybe at the end and see if there are any updates to the story. Uh, but so far, I doubt it. Smallpox, a disease caused by the variola virus, is considered so deadly that only two labs in the world are authorized to sample, sorry, to store samples of the virus, including one in Russia and the other at the CDC in Atlanta, as I said. Um, and here's, I guess, a picture of the uh, hazmat team here that's being prepared to enter into the building. Now, th this goes into the history and stuff, and we don't have to do that because we do have more on that later. The history, I have some clips and stuff, and that could be interesting for you to know. We're also going to take a look at what it actually does, how severe it would be, and things like that. That's explained, you know, in the uh, in the clips that we look at, look at right? It was another follow-up story here from Science. Six vials of smallpox discovered in the U.S. lab. CDC testing to see if decades-old virus samples are viable, then will destroy them. Yeah, I'm sure they. I'm sure they will. We'll end up in no other no other hands, right? Um, federal scientists last week discovered a half a dozen forgotten vials of smallpox virus while cleaning out a storage area on the campus of the National Institute of Health in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is from okay. That's right. I'm sorry. Should have said that. This is from 2014. So this has happened before. <laughs> so again, it's like not a. The, somehow these things are just getting out, right? Um, so this at the, at Fauci's NIH, right? Uh, in Bethesda, Maryland, variola or smallpox, which killed hundreds of millions of people before it was uh, declared eradicated in the 1980s. Now it's declared eradicated, but somehow it's still showing up. People are still infected by it, and, uh, and, and so I don't know why they can still have this classification. And then there's labs that hold these viruses as well, which of course can be, and probably will be at some point, weaponized. Uh, and we'll look at that, the vaccination campaign. They say it's been eradicated in the 80s through a worldwide vaccination campaign. We'll look at that too. Um, yeah, there's a lot to say about that, so we'll get to that when we talk about the clip. Uh, and, and it's legally stored at only two locations, one in the U.S. and one in Russia, as we, says, as we said. Uh, the six vials of freeze-dried virus, apparently dating from the 1950s, were found by a scientist from the FDA on July 1st in a cold storage room that was originally part of NIH laboratory, but it was transferred to FDA in the early 70s. The FDA laboratory is being moved to the FDA's main campus, according to ABC News. 
uh, and a statement from the CDC. Now, I do have a clip uh, to show regarding the 2014 leak as well. So let's take a look at that. We would be asking who put smallpox virus inside a cardboard box and left it in a storage room? Who came near it and how dangerous was it? ABC's chief medical editor, Dr. Richard Besser, starts us off with answers. Tonight, real alarm about how six vials of smallpox, one of history's most feared viruses, were left in a low-security FDA laboratory for decades, forgotten in a refrigerated storage room at the National Institute of Health in Bethesda, Maryland. If this material is infectious and these vials had broken, what could have happened? There is a potential that someone could have contracted the disease. The vials, believed to be from the 1950s, were discovered one week ago when the contents of the storage room were being moved. Opening that box, workers saw an alarming label, variola. That's smallpox. They quickly moved it to a biohazard level three lab, one with cameras, scanners, and hey, alarms. Sound effects, though, am I right? That's that's very very professional. Arms where everyone wears protective gear. The National Security Council was notified and five agencies. It's like, a, uh, it's like a sci-fi movie here. Including the FBI, worked out a plan to transport the deadly virus safely to the CDC in Atlanta. Late last night, the vials were packed up, escorted to the airport by federal and local police, and flown on a government plane to CDC headquarters. Smallpox, which is highly contagious, killed two million people a year as recently as 1967. But it was wholly eradicated after an unprecedented worldwide campaign to get people vaccinated. By international agreement, samples lived on in only two labs, the CDC in Atlanta and one in Siberia, or so we thought until today. <laughs> Law yep. enforcement have long feared what could happen if terrorists get their hands on smallpox and turn it into a weapon. The newly discovered vials are now... Terrorists such as uh, Bill Gates and uh, George Soros and, uh, you know, Klaus Schwab, <laughs> you mean like that? Uh, Dr. Fauci, you know, terrorists like that? Yeah. Uh, no, somehow th this will just ends up in the hands of, uh, you know, the Taliban or something like that, right? Uh, but yeah, just totally forgotten. Just in a cardboard. Just a bioweapon, just in a, in a cardboard box in, uh, in Fauci's, at Fauci's NIH. Totally, you know, totally uh, not suspicious. A level four biohazard lab. Security is so tight, you now need an eye scan to get access. The smallpox discovery comes just weeks after the CDC acknowledged, possibly exposing dozens of lab workers to anthrax. Those workers currently being treated with two months of antibiotics. First anthrax, now smallpox. We'd be worried. In both of these cases, which are unfortunate, CDC's response was swift and deliberate to ensure public safety and to try to get to the root cause of what had happened. The good news here is these vials were not open, so no one was endangered. And if the virus did get out, thankfully we have vaccine that would have protected anyone who was exposed. But the big question tonight, what other deadly germs could be hidden away in labs around the country? Well, that's it, Rich. How many of these storage facilities are we talking about, and how on earth do you search them all? Well, you know, there are hundreds, thousands of laboratories. I, I think what has to happen is the directors of those labs have to do spring, spring cleaning, go through every freezer, every corner, make yeah, sure so they don't... So you don't accidentally find... Uh, a bioweapon that can kill hundreds of millions of people in a cardboard box in a freezer somewhere. No, that's uh, that, that makes sense. There's nothing there that shouldn't be there. Some spring cleaning. Exactly. This was a close call. Thank you so much. This was a close call, 2014, right? Little, cl little clues like that, right? CDC's website, uh, under their smallpox section, who should get vaccination? After smallpox was eliminated from the world, 
but then the virus that causes smallpox just shows up in cardboard boxes <laughs> at, at random, at rando places. Now, another one in Philadelphia, but, you know, details, am I right? Uh, routine vaccination against smallpox among the general population was stopped because it's no longer needed. However, because of concern that variola virus might be used as an agent of bioterrorism, the U.S. government has stockpiled enough smallpox vaccine to vaccinate everyone who would need it if a smallpox outbreak were to occur. I'll talk more about the vaccine later. Will we, you know, is there... <laughs> yeah. Um... When there's no smallpox outbreak, you should get the smallpox vaccine if you are a lab worker who works with viruses or with virus that causes smallpox or other viruses that are similar to it. If you need long-term protection, you may need to get booster vaccinations regularly to stay protected from smallpox. You should get booster vaccinations every three years. So it's unlike COVID, uh, which is every three months or soon. Um, you, do, you should also get it. Uh, when there is a smallpox outbreak, you should get the smallpox, smallpox vaccine if you are directly exposed to smallpox virus. For example, if you had prolonged face-to-face -face contact with someone who has smallpox. If there's a smallpox outbreak, public health officials will say who else should get the vaccine. CDC works with federal, state, and local officials to prepare for a smallpox outbreak. Okay, good to know. They're preparing for that. Here are some pictures that they use from the... Uh, site reaction after you've gotten the vaccine and things like that, right? But uh, no, so they, they, they have a, a little update on that in what we've got. So this is not something that, you know, people regularly do get vaccinated about. There's a page that reveals that. Uh, I think it's this one. I want to talk about that later. The good, the bad, the ugly, that you can, of course, actually also spread smallpox. Va the vaccinated people spread, vo uh, spread smallpox to the unvaccinated. Same thing is happening there when it comes to shedding, shedding and things like that, right? Uh, but we'll get to that later here. Now, this is interesting. So we can look at Siberia first, right? The U.S. is a different thing. Now, there are multiple of these research facilities, of course. There are crazy, crazy uh, research that goes on in some of these labs, right? You know, Plum Island is one kind of famous example, right? Fort Meade is another. Fort, sorry, Fort Detrick is another. Uh, there, there's a number of them out there, right? Probably a lot of facilities that we don't even know about, right? Uh, they're not secure. Uh, and even if they were, we, we unfortunately, we're in a situation where we can't trust the authorities that have their hands on them and so forth, right? This could be um, done as a compartmentalized military program where you're essentially someone who, on a need-to-know basis, or not even know anything, and just has an order to go out and um, release this in, in a random, uh, you know, high-traffic tra high areas such as airports or, or train stations or other you know, congested malls and things like this, right? Uh, and, th and that would be it. That's how simple it is for them, right? Uh, but in Siberia, let's look at that a little bit. Uh, Slate Magazine had an interesting story here too. Is Siberia a safe place for smallpox? Sort of. On July 1st, a researcher cleaning out a cold storage room at the Food and Drug Administration came across a stash of six vials. We talked about this. This is what triggered this story, right? Uh, in a cardboard box. Again, it's a cardboard box, right? It was the other. Actually, I, I forget if the first, uh, the newest one, if that was a cardboard box or not. It didn't say anything specifically how they were being stored, but I think it was a fridge or a freezer there too, though. Um, anyway, the World Health Organization uh, or the World Health Assembly deemed smallpox a public health threat so apocalyptic that live samples may be handled only in a hermetically sealed lab by scientists wearing full body suits with their own air supplies. 
This was the equivalent of finding the atomic bomb in a dorm uh, in a dorm fridge next to last night's cheese fries. The discovery was the only latest in a string of discomforting incidents involving deadly pathogens. The CDC, uh, where the newfound samples were sent for testing and destruction, recently closed down some major labs while it reviews mishandling of live anthrax and highly virulent strains of avian influenza. Uh, there, there are just like two, th you know, two paths you can take here, which is the preservationist and the destructionist, right? And there's a lot of people argue, and I would join this camp, that like, no, these viruses need to be destroyed. If we've eradicated them and they no longer pose a threat, why do these laboratories still have them? Oh, so we can be, so we can develop vaccines and stay safe against them, obviously, right? That makes total sense. Remarkably, the fact that there's a, there's smallpox in Siberia has some people more freaked out than uh, than the discovery of smallpox in Bethesda, Maryland, 650 miles away from the nearest authorized facility. Uh, as someone who lived and worked in Nov Novisbirsk on and off for six years, I'm well aware of Western's unchanging impression of Siberia as the sinister home of permafrost, gulags, and mysterious hunks of rock that's fallen from the sky. Small smallpox was officially eradicated in 1978. The Soviet gulag system was officially dismantled in the 60s. Yet neither of these horrors ever died in the public imagination. Well, and now we're about to get some more of that, by the way. Tell an American the smallpox is housed in Siberia, and the image that comes to mind is that of a grizzled man perched on the wrecked spire of a prison watchtower, waving a test tube with all the accumulated pain of Stalin's purge, purges shining in his eyes. Um, they had, So they go through a little bit here and, and talk about that, right? So... You know, this is Slate, so they have to kind of cover, you know, communism and stuff. And even later, let me see here. Um, let me search for that real quick, where that was. Um, was it progressive? Or was it liberal? Uh, let me see. They talk about the place. They, they were all like, no, it's fine. Let me see here. Damn it, I should have highlighted this here. Uh, they, they, they basically said, no, don't worry. It's more, it's more liberal and progressive. That was, the, you know, not the exact wording that they used, but it was basically that. Um, let me see here. Yeah, Vector is the place where it's being uh, held, right? It's an abbreviation. Um, the good news is that Siberia's... Oh, here it is, here it is, right? No, here it is. Sorry about that. Novosibirsk is the third largest city in Russia. It's home to a devastatingly clean and efficient subway system, a cool alternative paper, and enough coffee chains and sushi joints to put the entire cast of girls at ease. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm sorry, Siberia. I didn't know. Siberia is also a surprisingly progressive place. There it is. Damn it, I searched for that. Why didn't I find it? Okay. Far from the commotion in Moscow over Pussy Riot. The, the mayor of Novosibirsk recently quietly approved a plaque honoring the late Siberian punk singer Yangna Dagliev. I'm sure there's some communist. And there's even an IKEA, just like in Atlanta. Oh good, this makes me, m makes me feel much better all of a sudden, right? So basically it's, a, it's another progressive hellhole is, is what they're saying. That's, that's bad news. But just because Siberia is no longer the stuff of Solzhenitsyn's nightmare, does that mean that it's a safe place for smallpox? The answer is definitely, is, de is a definite sort of. The good news is that Siberia's isolation and the comparative ease of quarantining anyone accidentally exposed to the virus is a big plus. Prior to 1994, Russia's variola strains 
were stored in a defense lab at the back of a former Moscow school. Smallpox was moved to vector-based because it was safer and because the more sophisticated facilities there would allow scientists to study the virus, not merely Alcatraz it. So they study it. It's always that we have to we have to study it. We have to do gain a function on it. We have to uh, increase its its virulency and, and and its infection to humans, right? Its transmissibility. And then we gotta find out, right? And then there's this from 2019. Not long ago, this is literally three days later. Uh, Tedros right does his little uh, uh, thing at the uh, the the World Health Organization's Global Preparedness Monitoring Board right introducing the the global flu pandemic kind of thing and then w- about less than a month after that you have event two one etc all the wheels are in motion at that point right just two labs in the world house smallpox the one in Russia had an explosion oh good a fire reportedly broke out yesterday September sixteenth again this is two thousand nineteen. After an explosion at a secret lab in Russia, one of only two places in the world where the variola virus that causes smallpox is kept. One person was reportedly injured and transferred to a nearby burn center. Researcher at the State Research Center of Virology and Biotechnology, also called the Vector Institute, located near Novisbirsk in Siberia, study some scary viruses, including Ebola, anthrax, and Marburg, and of course, that's been uh, Tedros was talking about this too. Marburg, that's another another little uh, seed that they've dropped. Uh, so they have all the best ones right there. Totally safe. Don't worry about it. And then there's an explosion at the lab. Even so, according to the institute, the fire didn't affect the building where such viruses are kept. Oh, good. In a translated Russian language statement from Vector, the lab said a gas cylinder exploded on the fifth floor of a six-story reinforced con- concrete lab during a repair in the so-called sanitary inspection room. No, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> no work with biological material on the body was carried out, the statement said. A Cold War-era bioweapons lab, Vector once hold, uh, housed some th- uh, sorry, hundred buildings and even its own cemetery where scientists who injected himself with the highly lethal Marburg virus was reportedly buried. According to the United States General Accounting Office, In 2000, a visit to the lab indicated the scientists were no longer engaged in offensive activities. Today, the scientists there carry out research on the spread of various infectious diseases, vaccine development, virus genome sequencing, among other biomedical studies to counter global infectious threats, according to the Institute's website. So again, it's been eradicated around the globe. Only two labs has it, and they, but they need to keep these viruses to study them to make sure that no one, so that we don't have an outbreak. Right? Makes total sense. And then there was an update here. It's not that much details about this. It's just a little bit more that came out. What happened after the explosion at Russia's disease research lab called Vector? Right? And they go through. There was a little bit more information coming out regarding the people that were doing the the renovation and just like how poorly that was run or whatever. There was one guy. Uh, that was severely burnt. I do think he survived, though. I don't think he succumbed to his injuries. Um, but the point is, these these you know safe and safe facilities always have shit go, go that go wrong with them, right? So it's a stage. I think it was a stage four, right? And so basically, all this, and I think they explained this after in one of the videos we're going to look at uh, that you know during the Cold War or whatever they they came with this proposal, like okay, let's let's eradicate smallpox. We have a vaccine now. Um, you know, uh, but 
somehow there was like an agreement with the Soviet Union and the U.S. that okay, okay, you'll keep uh, you'll keep uh, uh, some small parks and we'll take some. I guess in a plan of like you know mutual destruction or something like that. Who, who knows? But anyway, that was the agreement. And so now, at least officially, these are the only two countries and two places of this that have it. Uh, yeah, this was a Wall Street Journal article from 2002. Weaponized Soviet smallpox. Where is it now? Right, they, they try to find. Again, you you know, even with the corruption and everything that happened during the uh, collapse of the Soviet Union, was this sold? Was it taken? Did someone bring it out? Did they move it somewhere? Did they give it to another country? Did they give it to other gr- groups, etc.? Again, I I'm not. I don't feel safe with the, the with the people, you know, who are supposed to protect us from these kinds of things. Uh, you know, I I don't feel safe with them having access to this or even knowing where it is. So it doesn't help, but there's still a, a real possibility that they would give it to some small group or something in a sting operation. Or again, it would be done under the guise of saying, "Oh, there's a, you know, this this terrorist group uh, released it," and so it's not it wasn't us. You know, these are this is how they set it up, right? That's why I had that dumb discussion between, you know, I mean, at this point, even calling it the Chinese virus is just, is just, you know, dumb, unintelligent. It is fun. It was fun for a while, uh, but it's just not true, right? You can have this surface level geopolitical game where the U.S. blames China and then China blames the U.S., but that's just a circle jerk and you don't get anywhere with that. The real key here is to find out what the clues are of the people who are talking about this way before it, you know, years before it happened. And then the patent thing, which Dr. David Martin has, has you know, detailed in great length, that's one of the most interesting things that there is, right? Even the fact that Pfizer, I think it was Pfizer, they patented an S spike protein uh, vaccine back in two th- uh, 1990, for example. You know, things like that. There's like a, a trail of patent, right? Even the companies, he argued, like Pfizer and all these things are front companies. All of this was handled by a company called Answer. And it's, again, for that level of plausible deniability, you have like go-between, right? You have a third party. It's kind of like how you have EcoHealth Alliance as a go-between to, to Wuhan and stuff like that. But even the Wuhan thing, all of that might just be a, a big cover for people to focus on. Uh, because there's, there's way much more in the background, uh, you know, going on. Behind, kind of behind the scenes of, of things that people don't know about, companies that we don't know. But check out uh, David Martin's work on that because he's he's detailed that right. Uh, so here's the uh, the the link over here with the with the dark winter as well. Um, let me see here. I see uh, a couple of entropy chats. I'm gonna take those. Wise wildfire. Thank you, sir. Good to see you. Thank you for the generous donation. Those are very kind of you. Uh, simply a smiley face from Wise. Uh, good to see you, sir. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, vegan videos as well with the super chat over on entropy. Uh, all of these mainstream smallpox stories sound as fanciful as the Wuhan wet market yarn. Uh, since COVID, AIDS, polio, and all the other viruses have never been proven to exist, I'm pretty sure we're just talking about another planned parasite infestation followed by a transhuman poison injection. Yeah, so the interesting thing about this is is what, what a potential vaccine would look like in a situation like this. Um, and I have a little bit later on that, too, of like, would it be a similar? I would assume that they would wheel out a new and improved smallpox vaccine if there ever was any kind of outbreak, even if it's just contained to one area. Right. And they just oh, this could be worrying as a precaution. We have to, uh, you know, vaccinate the global population and things like that. And I could be wrong, but I don't think that they would fall back on a live virus type vaccine, the old style vaccine. 
uh, that they used in the uh, you know 60s and 70s to eradicate the disease. Yet it pops up, and there it is again. But you know, you you get my drift, right? Um, so I would assume it would be a new one. Now there are some worrying adjuvants, of course, in the old uh, vaccine as well. Uh, but the idea of you know inoculation in that way, it's 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 definitely more understandable, reasonable, rational way, I think, to look at it in, in one way as opposed to this mRNA business, right? Uh, but again, you could, I mean, you could argue, like, you, no, you shouldn't, in, you shouldn't take things, live viruses and, and, and intravenously, like, inject them into you. Like, I, I understand how they're thinking about this. Like, oh, no, we'll just do a little bit and then your body will, you know, handle that and deal with the, you know, the viral load will be very little and your body will deal with that and prevent, you know, create immunity and then you're good to go, right? Um, but there are some different philosophies on that, why we shouldn't do it. Um, but yeah, thank you, Vegan Videos, I appreciate that. Uh, Bill Hoover says, the Rothschilds patent and the COVID test in 2018, I remember seeing something about that, a screenshot. I forget if we showed that or not. Um, but yeah, I heard, I heard that too. Um, or was like on behalf of the Rothschild group or so it was something like that. Yeah, maybe I can find it later. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate that. Um, it says here, Operation Dark Winter weaponized smallpox. Our panel of experts discuss a simulated weaponized smallpox attack and how to defend against a real life attack today. Sometimes our worst fears are often chalked up to personal hysteria. There are times, however, when our dread is based of the horrible possibility of a very real event. The latter is the foundation of Operation Dark Winter, a senior-level government exercise from June 2001. Yeah, I said July 2001, close enough then. That simulated a bioterrorism attack in the United States using smallpox as its agents of choice. Designed and controlled by key members of the Johns Hopkins University. Yeah, because, you know, they totally haven't done this before. That's one of the early ones, I guess, right? But uh, Event 201. Uh, and a company known as Analytic Services. Operation Dark Winter, ODV, focused on, or ODW, uh, focused on evaluating the nation's capabilities to respond to a massive smallpox attack on a major American city, namely Oklahoma City. Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. That's right. From there, the simulation scenario only grows worse, looking to test America's resiliency to stand up to a coordinated attack by international terrorists. And you can always, of course, blame it was the terrorists, right? So here's a video uh, I want to play. Oh, it's like <laughs> identified as inappropriate or offensive. Why? When you look at this video, you're like, what was the reason of that? So here's a here's a this is so this is similar to event 201. And we'll take a look at this here. Now, some of the portions in between are basically just slides with information. So we'll skip those. And we'll look at the, uh, just in the same way that Event 201 was, was uh, you know, executed. And again, John Hopkins, Bill and, Bill and Melinda Gay's foundation had a finger in that, right? This is Dark Winter. It's also the Johns, Ho Johns Hopkins University. Uh, they have faked news segments or news reports, right? Event 201 did exactly that same thing. And it, it's also kind of telling in a way that, it, that it's like, it means that we're so conditioned to this news culture, like that it, it, it's only in the form of when it comes to us in sound bites on a news station or cable news TV show that we're like, oh, this is, oh, this is real. This is happening, you know, kind of thing. Um, so let's check out this video here. Now, again, as I said, there are some, uh, you know, slides and stuff like that in there, right? 
where they kind of break it down and show that. I think we've shown that PDF as well. They move somewhat swiftly through those, but let's skip forward here and, and, and show the news reports here of a uh, simulated smallpox uh, attack back in 2001. Good evening. We interrupt our regular programming to return to Southwest Medical Center and continuing coverage of the outbreak of a mystery sickness. Earlier today, hospital officials said they were admitting patients with symptoms that seemed to be severe adult chickenpox. But now we have new information. We go to Andy Field outside Southwest Medical Center. Good evening, Andy. What can you tell us? Sheila, we've been moved to an isolated area behind the hospital. And off the record, doctors here suspect that at least five patients hospitalized at Southwest may have smallpox. Now, for those of us who don't remember the disease, it is a deadly virus. We haven't seen it in this country in at least 20 years. Now, if this proves to be true, we could have a very serious health emergency on our hands. But officially, the hospital will not confirm or deny that diagnosis. All right, so there's a little bit more here of some of the slides in between, kind of the update, like what happens and stuff, right? Uh, they use some of the, the pictures of, you know, how it looks when you're infected with this and stuff. Uh, but here's more right here. All around. Meaning we don't have enough vaccine for... Oh, yeah, so here's the, the, the vaccine, right? We got to... What's the cure, right? And the problem is we don't have enough vaccine to go around. Meaning we don't have enough vaccine for the United States? Well, I would like to think that, but we don't have sufficient uh, stockpiles for the people in Oklahoma, Georgia, or Pennsylvania, much less for the entire United States population. Well, that certainly doesn't sound encouraging. What do you mean exactly? Angie, it means it could be a very dark winter for America. Sobering. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Kavlik. We do continue to wait for official reaction to this developing situation. Now we go to a special report on the deadly effects of smallpox that led scientists to launch an eradication program thought to wipe out. Okay, they lower it there. But uh, yeah, you get the idea of what they do here, right? Uh, show these news reports or whatever. Uh, but it's also interesting that they had this thing where it, this leads to riots and chaos and uh, uh, you know looting and things like that, right? And one of the reasons for that is it, it, there isn't enough vaccine to go around, right? I guess now we're <laughs> in an opposite situation where people don't want to get vaccinated, and that's leading to, uh, I wouldn't say riots, but at least protest rioting is, is for the BLM and Antifa. Uh, here's, uh, here's a follow-up as they continue. Uh, you know, they move you through, like, day 12, you know, day 1, day 5, day 12, etc. Uh, not sure what this is, like, in, in the middle of it. Great uh, <clears throat> intro here with, a, with just some DNA in it, some mysterious DNA. On day six of the smallpox epidemic, day six. the White House okay. confirmed that federal government officials and military personnel are being vaccinated. 300 people have died. At least 2,000 are infected with smallpox. Smallpox symptoms are being seen in 15 states, also in Canada, Mexico and England. The U.S. smallpox vaccine supply continues to shrink as officials try to stretch limited stocks to cover the entire nation. An official announcement regarding the remaining vaccine inventory is expected later today. Struggles to get vaccinated led to violence in some cities. Profound economic losses are crippling the nation. In Oklahoma alone, economic experts project severe losses in the state's multi-billion dollar agricultural commodities market. Still, no the group claims issues, responsibility right? for unleashing the deadly smallpox virus. But NCN has learned that Iraq may have provided the technology behind the attack. To ter- think, about, think about that, too. This is interesting, right? June 2001, they're having this. 
And of course, in the wake of you know September 11, you have the anthrax things. So you actually had a similar here where they say Iraq developed it and they gave it to uh, uh, Mujahideen in Afghanistan. I think they say. Listen to this. Technology behind the attack to terrorist groups based in Afghanistan. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe that they dropped that? They dropped that fucking thing in there. It's it's incredible. We uh, have from Oklahoma. Go straight to Andy Fields of okay, KMSA. Andy, are you there? Angie, Texas Governor Rick Parsons has now suspended all surface and air contact between Texas and Oklahoma. He has ordered his state troopers and the National Guard to seal the borders. Now we're about a mile away from the Texas border here, just near Interstate 35 and the Red River Bridge that connects the two states. The troopers here have taken the media to what they call a so-called safe spot. But as we've told you earlier today, Oklahomans by the carload have been seen leaving the state in every direction trying to escape this deadly smallpox outbreak. Now we have reports of vigilantes at the Texas border trying to stop people from coming over. I don't know if you just heard that. That it was a shot fired. We've heard there's another one. Now we're not sure where these shots are coming from. We're a little too far away from the border to hear this here, but but there have been shots. This is the second time in the hour we've heard this. The National Guard and the Oklahoma State Troopers are here with us. We're not certain who's doing the firing or if what we're hearing is return firing. There's another shot. It's starting to sound like a war zone. I'm Andy Field reporting. All right, and they go move through here. I think there's a new report coming right up here. So let's No other up. country in the world is accepting flights originating in or transiting the U.S. So lockdowns again, right? It's amazing. Though. That's uh, <clears throat> uh, Adobe After Effects in uh, 2000, uh, 2001. On 12 of the worst public health crisis in America's history, demonstrations for more vaccine in hard-hit communities disintegrated into riots and looting around the nation. Interstate commerce has stopped in several regions of the nation. A national suspension of trading on America's stock exchanges takes effect tomorrow. International commerce with the U.S. has virtually ceased. The Centers for Disease Control report that efforts to stem the smallpox epidemic have depleted America's inventory of smallpox vaccine. While the CDC may be out of the vaccine, at least 45 Internet websites are now offering what they claim are safe, effective vaccines. These claims have not, we repeat, they have not been independently verified. Authorities urge caution. At least 25 states and 10 foreign countries are reporting smallpox infections. At the United Nations, temporarily meeting in Geneva, China has sponsored a resolution to censure the U.S., blaming America for reintroducing smallpox to the world. It demands the U.S. supply the world with vaccine. (laughs) Since the diagnosis of 20 smallpox cases in Oklahoma City 12 days ago, hundreds have now died, thousands have become infected. The latest figures show more than 15,000 new cases in the past week. Officials now question whether a single attack could be responsible for this outbreak pattern developing in the U.S. But they project that each two to three week period will see a minimum tenfold increase in new cases. All right. And that's it, really. Then it cuts off six six days later. And of course, it's like, yeah, medical system overwhelmed at this point. Epidemic explodes at the beginning of a second generation of victims begin to emerge. Right. So they they, the the uh, the drill, the exercise but uh, basically shows that they're losing, right? That's what Bill Gates referred to earlier. They, they, that doesn't look good, you know, so that would be, for them, that would be a weapon of choice, right? Because it uh, it's, it seems to yield 
uh, a, a desired outcome uh, for them. So anyway, so that was that's dark winter, 2001. June, another drill, and of course it's the smallpox that was used at that point, right? Uh, in that drill, so that's a good, interesting overlap. Uh, Bill Hoover says in 1998, Israel was developing ethnic weapons that would kill Arabs and not Israelis. I remember this story. Now what I remember hearing, the majority of, or like the one of the big, uh, what do you call it, uh, takeaways from it too, was that they're so similar ethnically, right? Uh, at least, I mean, I guess you could break it down, you know, Ashkenazi, um, you know, Sephardic, uh, Beta Israelite. What is the other one? Uh, e- e- Ephraim, or what's the Egyptian Mizraim, or something? What's the Egyptian call again, right? Uh, but yeah, Israel is reportedly developing. This is uh, 1998, right? A biological weapon that would harm Arabs while leaving Jews unaffected, according to a report in London Sunday Times. Imagine any other. Imagine any other country doing something like this. There would have been sanctions and uh, and like international law would just like, you know, uh, the report citing Israeli military and Western intelligence sources says that the scientists are trying to identify distinctive genes carried by Arabs to create genetically modified bacterium or viruses. The ethnobomb uh, is OK, cuts off right there. Uh, the ethnobomb is reportedly Israel's response to the threat that Iraq may be just weeks away from completing its own biological weapons program. Yeah, because it was that totally happened too, as we found out now, years and years later. You know, remember the Swedish uh, diplomat Hans Blix, right? He was a weapons. Uh, we- was, I'm sorry, not the diplomat. He was a weapons inspector. It was ba- it was basically forced out. What was the guy who who died again in in the UK? Chat. Do you remember the? Uh, um, Damn it, I should that's a damn shame. I'm forgetting that. Who was the guy who died? Like super weird circumstances. It was out walking uh, somewhere in, in, in England, right? Um damn it. Chat will have it. Some of you, one of you guys will have it. Um he died. He was I'm not forget if he was stabbed in the back or so. Yes, you know, it was something like that, right? And it was all it's all a big joke and a farce. David Kelly, thank you. Pent up psycho. Thank you. David Kelly. That's right. Huge, huge story. They killed the guy. They just, they just kill him, right? Hans Blix kind of back, backed off and backed away, but I believe David Kelly did not. It was too, you know, too much of a high profile, and they actually took him out. Blix, I think, was threatened. Um, it's incredible. Anyway, the um, ethnobomb program is based at Israel's Nestiazona research facility. Scientists are trying to use viruses and bacteria to alter DNA inside... Listen to this. Scientists are trying to use viruses and bacteria to alter DNA inside living cells and attack only those cells bearing Arabic genes. Now, China, on of course, behalf of those pulling the strings of China, are doing very much the same thing. When Europeans go and get our genetic test, and by the way, there was a UK company now with a COVID test, right? They were in a lawsuit, and I think the uh, the the uh, judge there in the case uh, agreed and said that, yeah, the company can legally take DNA from the people that it's doing uh, COVID testing on, right? So they're gathering all this genetic information and they, they can target certain genetic traits, certain ethnic groups, etc. But they say here, though, this is the part I remember from the story. The task is very complex because both Arabs and Jews are Semitic peoples. I, I, Ashkenazim is that a? I, I think there's enough admixture with like Germanic traits. I, w- I would assume. I mean, there's still you can still, of course, single out. I mean, if you do a DNA test, you like they, they tell you if, if you're Jewish or not. You know, not right. They can find that. So I'm gonna say there are things there, 
but I, it would depend on which subgroup of the Jews you, you are talking about, I would assume. Uh, but according to the report, the Israelis have succeeded in isolating particular characteristics of certain Arabs, particularly the Iraqi people. Interesting. Dedi Zucker, a member of the Israeli parliament, denounced the research in Sunday Times, morally based on our history and our tradition and our experience. Such a weapon is a monstrous and should be denied, right? But I think they moved, uh, I think they moved ahead with it, and they leave it at that. What happened, right? All right, um, so they might have stuff like that. Watch out. So here, uh, let's take a look at this. This is a couple of videos here that are interesting. Um, oh, no, this one first. That's right. Okay, so F FBI, FBI, <laughs> FDA, close enough. Uh, believe smallpox could be used as a biological weapon. This is from uh, 2018, right? So we're coming closer to our timeline here. U.S. Food and Drug Administration has approved the first treatment for smallpox just in case the virus is weaponized in a terror attack. RT's Trinity Chavez explains. A New York-based company has created the first ever treatment for smallpox, a move that could prevent a lethal pandemic if the virus was released as a terrorist bioweapon. The highly contagious disease was eradicated by 1980 by vaccines, but small samples were saved for research purposes, while the CDC and the Russian State Center for Research on Virology yeah, we'll just, and Bio... Uh, we'll just research this... Um deadly disease here we'll, we'll keep it in a couple of labs here and then well there's whoops there's one in a cardboard box six vials in a cardboard box in a freezer uh, at Merck you know but uh, hey it's uh, it's all right it's, don't worry about it. technology are the only two labs in the world approved and known to have smallpox officials are still concerned the virus can be used as a biological weapon well, a course. statement on the CDC's website reads there is credible concern that in the past some countries have made the virus into weapons which may have fallen into the hands of terrorists or other people with criminal intentions. <clears throat> Bill this Gates. is why the FDA gave priority review to the treatment called T-Pox. The FDA said in a statement to address the risk of bioterrorism, Congress has taken steps to enable the development and approval of countermeasures to thwart pathogens that could be employed as weapons. Today now, I wonder if the same dynamic is going on there. Of course, that's Scott Gottlieb when he was the head of the FDA, right? He went straight to the board of Pfizer, by the way. Uh, you total corruption. I mean, these are the criminals, right? The the, the Pfizer's, uh, the FDA's, the CDC's. These these are the criminals, right? But it's also this idea of like, kind of how they did with COVID a little bit. That it's like they fake an, an outbreak of sorts. I mean, I'm not maybe there was something early on in 2020. I, it's, it's very hard to know, very hard to quantify. Maybe it was, was you know just in a few regions or something. You know that it was actually ongoing or whatever, but again, that but that's the excuse to introduce a global antidote program, which then is starting to make people sick, right? Uh, or at least the driver of it, even if you're exposed to a very harmful version of the coronavirus, which is essentially a, 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 like it's the common cold, right? Coronaviruses, and then you take a vaccine, which is driving the evolution of the virus, and then it becomes progressively worse and worse and worse, and then more boosters and stuff, right? Like we saw in. Uh, you know, uh, 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 Gibraltar, right? Just now. I mean, among adults, they're 100% vaccinated and they literally just canceled Christmas, right? All official Christmas celebrations have been canceled and stuff. And now they're pushing uh, booster shots and, and stuff like that. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's, it gets worse the more vaccine uh, vaccinated the population is, right? Uh, anyway, let's continue with this clip here. The, the, the point is, would we see a similar thing here with like a fake outbreak somewhere, a, dr a drill that kind of goes live or something like that, 
and then they say we have to vaccinate, we have to have this new pill or you know some kind of uh, treatment uh, that then becomes the driver uh, or the, even the introduction in healthy populations of that very same disease, right? Happens. Today's approval provides an important milestone in these efforts. This new treatment affords us an additional option should smallpox ever be used as a bioweapon. Until now, the best treatment for smallpox was using antiviral medications that haven't yet been approved to actually treat the disease, but was the best line of defense against it. Reporting in New York. All right, so, you know, they talk about another antiviral medication too, right? We have a, a thing on that. There was one that was just, uh, let me see, where's the, uh, where's the MSN story here? Maybe we should look at that real quick here first. Uh, let me see one second here, guys. I think about. Okay, I want to. I want to look at some of those clips right there. All right, let me see. Okay, that was that one. Let me bring this up real quick here. Sorry, my uh, computer is a bit uh, sluggish here. One second. Uh, it, it's a new medication. I can mention. I see the headline over here. Uh, FDA approves Tamexa to fight weaponized smallpox. Right. Uh, so. You know, I would need to look into. Um, uh, I would need to look into these. You know, what, what kind of medication is it and stuff like that. It's kind of like when we when we found out. Yeah, my computer is totally freezing up here. That's a bummer. Um, it's kind of like what we found out with Merck's uh, pill and stuff, right? That it actually goes in and it seeks to mutate the virus uh, on a genetic level, which of course then that would spawn. Uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, you know, mutation, presumably mutations to such a degree that it could also become more deadly and stuff like that, right? Uh, that's a big problem, of course, huge problem. Uh, RoboThink over on Entropy Streams here says, uh, keep slinging that big dick energy. Thank you, RoboThink. I appreciate that. Uh, Black Phillips says, Henrik, there is a way out of any, uh, there is a way out of any smallpox vaccine, and that's getting uh, cowpox to get the similar antibodies uh, we're talking about going back to the 1700s. Uh, let me see. The 1700s uh, medicine at this point. Yeah, that's right. There was um, uh, almost had Bruce Jenner. I think it was, was it Eric uh, Jenner or something? I was looking at a video on that today of how they used that. The, the, they took the uh, the cow, you know, the pus essentially from, from cowpox on their spleens. Or what it, is it spleens it's called? Yeah. Um, and, you know, sucked that in some cases they they even dried it and turned it into a powder and people breathed it in and st like weird shit like that uh but yeah no that's right they they that started even the word vaccine right comes from uh it means uh cow in in latin for va vaxi or vac vaccini or vaxi or something like that right uh that the whole thing kind of goes back to the small the smallpox right that's where all began and the reason for the vaccination campaign. So I guess it would kind of make sense as we approach the Great Reset to kind of return back to uh, you know, where it all began and, and like give the world a, a good old uh, a decent smallpox outbreak here before they uh, uh, they put the nail in our coffin. At least, it try, at least trying to. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they'll win, right? Uh, but yeah, so here it is, right? This is the, the story then that, that remarkably... Uh, as as Bill Gates warns of a smallpox terror attack and seeking money and research, right, to 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 bring about this, and 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 as the FBI finds vials, smallpox vials in a cardboard box at a Merck facility in a freezer, you just about a, a few months earlier before that have had an a, a medication approved uh, to fight 
And it's interesting that they use the term weaponized smallpox as opposed to just smallpox. Maybe that's a definition thing because they, as they say in the beginning, they consider it eradicated. So because it's been eradicated but still, you know, around, uh, the only way that it would arise again would be if it's been weaponized, right? So I would assume that we would get a, a, a fall man here or a, a some kind of group or something, right, being blamed for it. Uh, anyway, Black Phillip continues here. Sorry, I was getting ahead of myself. Uh, finishing off saying, also, think about investing into this gay vaccine company in order to make some money. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah. So again, that's a me it's a medication. I don't think it's a vaccine, but point taken, right? Um, so Tambexa, it sounds awfully from similar to the uh, the name that they used. Oh, I closed that window. Uh, the name that they used there, T something with TXX or something like that, right? The medication back in 2019. So this is the approval. Um, Though the disease has been eliminated, the variola virus is still being kept in two labs, one in Atlanta, one in Russia. The U.S. Uh, Food and Drug Administration on Friday approved the drug Tambexa to treat smallpox, which is a contagious disease that sometimes is fatal. I heard that you get uh, you can get uh, sterile from it too, right? Blind, sterile, all kinds of horrible things, right? Uh, concerns of the variola virus have become even more heightened with fears of the COVID-19 coronavirus originating from a science lab. That's a, they say that, though. That's interesting. Okay. Who is this? Newsweek? Really? Okay. All right. I mean, I'll take it. It was definitely worked on in a lab. It's just a matter of which one. Uh, although naturally occurring smallpox no longer exists, concerns about potential uses of variola virus as bioweapons has made smallpox drug development an important component of the U.S. medical countermeasure response, the FDA stated Friday. Prior to its eradication for one years ago, smallpox was spread by close... Okay, we'll, t we'll, 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 we'll look at a video on that, and, and so we don't have to go through all that. Let me see if there's anything. It's also about how smallpox, smallpox can include brain damage, open sores on the clear, open part of the eye, blindness and death, and steriliz sterilizing, uh, I heard you. Tambexa received the FDA designation of priority review, fast track, and, and orphan drug. Not sure what that is. What is it? I don't think they're literally talking about that. They're talking about the medical term orphan. Um, although they do test a lot on orphans, so that's why I'm kind of like, wait a minute. Um, all the vaccines, right? That was a majority of orphans that test on. Uh, that allowed a faster application review uh, of within six months. Okay, great. So we don't know the long term effect of this either. As opposed to the two, so they've already so they already have the fix out for us, right? The, the, oh no, don't worry. It's not coming. Just like Bill Gates said too. We have to rethink the vaccines. There's too much vaccine hesitancy. <laughs> There's still people who think it's down to people having fear of needles. And that's the only reason why you don't want to take a gene therapy, uh, you know, uh, software update, basically. It's nothing to do with the adjuvants or the uh, liposomal package or what it does to your body or the myocarditis or the prion disease or, you know, all these kinds of issues. Well, the breakdown that we showed in the Weekend Warrior show from the Swedish study that was out now, that it does penetrate into the nucleus and it, it inhibits the spike protein, it inhibits your body's ability to repair damaged DNA. What does that mean? Cancer rates skyrocketing um, a few years from now, right? Uh, and again, it, you're primarily driven by the vaccine. Anyway, it was approved within six months as opposed to the typical 10 months or greater it was allowed to move along faster in testing because of the disease seriousness, and it was designated an orphan drug because of the disease rarity. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure what the definition of that is. Tambexa was studied in animals that have viruses that are very closely related 
to the variola virus. Okay, so that means, all right, why not? I mean, I'm not for that, but I'm just saying, why not the variola virus? Too dangerous. I would assume it's too dangerous. Now I heard too though that it's not, it's not zoonotic. I think there's there's versions of it, right? We'll talk about monkeypox in a bit. There's an outbreak of that too. Monkeypox, but that's a it's a different that's a different virus. It it only smallpox only affects humans. I guess okay. So now it now the coin dropped. That's probably why they did that. Then you can I, I you I believe you cannot infect animals with smallpox. It only affects humans. Um, but there's other versions that animals get and so forth, right? One group received Tambexa, the other received a placebo. The group receiving Tambexa had a higher survival rate than those that didn't, which determined the drug's effectiveness rate. All right, uh, let me see here. The most common side effect of Tambexa are stomach cramps, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Tambexa comes in 100 milligram tablets. The drug is approved in addition to oversight biomedical evidence research and development authority, BARDA. Uh, which is that woman that was working on Facebook for a while. She came in and walked, uh, became the head of BARDA for a while, right? Um, all right. Okay. Well, I guess that's it when it comes to that, that, that drug then. So you just know they have to fix that. So here's, let's, let's take a look at these now. Two videos here. Uh, the eradication of smallpox. Uh, this is how they did it back in uh, 70s and, and 80s or so, or maybe even actually, sorry, uh, 50s, I think, 50s or 60s, I think. Um, this could be an interesting backstory for you to know about, so let's take a look at this. Uh, this is from uh, Discover, or Discovery. Uh, virus out. and diseases, and you think about treatment, it really is a war. It's a battle it for survival. It's a game of move and counter move. And that's why smallpox is such an important virus, because it did show people that you could do something about these things. These weren't visited upon us from an evil god. They were viruses that you could defeat with science. Science. The whole story of the World Health Organization smallpox eradication campaign, I think, is one of the most amazing and moving stories in 20th century medicine. This is one of those great endeavors where human intelligence and goodwill across the world came together. When the eradication program began, we were losing two million people a year to smallpox. Now, let and me pause here for a second. I want to say this. Now, um, I don't know much. So I, I still am trying to figure out the, the adjuvants, how dangerous are the side effects and stuff. And there are side effects, obviously, as, as with all of these things, right? Um. I should look up the mortality rate of smallpox too. How do you, you what's the survival rates and so forth, right? Um, but um, all of these bodies, I just want to say this first too. All of these bodies at this time might not have, unlike today, been driven by literally like evil people that want to kill us too. It's very possible. It, it, it might have been, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying there's a real possibility that even the what they call regulatory capture right where basically you have enough money and financial incentive by the big pharma companies that they over time just basically infiltrate and take over these these institutions and they become a pusher of of drugs as opposed to actually looking out for people's health and so forth and that's you know just 100% the case today maybe it wasn't that just like 100% corrupt back in the 40s 50s 60s I, again i could be wrong in that i'm just i'm just saying that that it might have actually been some people in there who were like, okay, let's try to 
help out, let's try to figure this out or, or, or something like that, right? So it might not all have been super bad. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure 100%, but just keep that in mind as we watch this, okay? Remember, only a third of the people die. A lot of other people horribly scarred, and then many of them were left blind. Okay, sorry, that is it. A third of people died, right? That, that's a good, interesting. So that, that's a high fertility rate. Fatality rate. Losing two million people a year to smallpox. And remember, only a third of the people die. A lot of other people horribly scarred, and then many of them were left blind. At the time the smallpox eradication program started, there were five regions of the world that had smallpox. South America, mainly Brazil, West and Central Africa, East and Southern Africa, the Indian subcontinent, and Indonesia. In 1958, at the World Health Assembly, it was proposed by the Russians to eradicate smallpox. This was the first time the Russians had been in the World Health Assembly for years. So all the countries said, okay, this is what the Russians want. Let's keep the Russians happy. And so we'll approve it. Nothing like the eradication had ever been attempted before. The rumor is the then Director General thought for sure this would fail, and so he decided, let's make the head of it an American. <laughs> then when it fails, we can pin it on this guy Henderson. In the early 1960s, I was in the Centers for Disease Control, and my name came up to go. I didn't want to go. D.A. Henderson got dragooned into going to Geneva and running the smallpox eradication. And he scratches his head and tries to figure out, okay, you know, how are we going to do the equivalent of a moon landing with this virus? It was plunging into deep waters to take this on. They started with 23 countries in Africa that were known to have smallpox. Our strategy was to vaccinate the entire population. You're talking about hundreds of millions of people. At one point, we had 6,800 outbreaks. And, you know, each outbreak could be hundreds of cases. Even in retrospect, it seems impossible to deal with 6,800 outbreaks of smallpox at one time. But we believed it could be done. This was a disease with a very good vaccine, and you can't hide it. If a person gets smallpox, you're going to be able to find them. West Africa was deemed to be the most difficult because it was relatively densely populated, and it also had the worst infrastructure. In December of 1966, we got notice of a smallpox outbreak in eastern Nigeria, but we didn't have enough vaccine. We had a little bit, but not enough. So we couldn't do mass vaccination. So what we did was we used the network of missionaries who would get on the radio every night and report new outbreaks. And with a map in front of me, I divided up the area to ask each missionary to send runners to the villages in their area the next day. 24 hours later, I knew exactly where the smallpox cases were. Now, let me say this too. <clears throat> Barring then that this is some kind of, you know, evil plot, let's say, to vaccinate everybody, or this was really what was bad or whatever, you know. And, and so hindsight, it doesn't seem that that's the case. And why I say, you know, but, oh, my God, these are Europeans and these, they're eugenicists and they're trying to kill everybody. 
you know, are there side effects from these vaccines? Yes, absolutely, right? But let's assume, let's just, you know, hypothetical. It, 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 they're truly helping people. They truly want to fix this or whatever. If this was a population, uh, you know, attempt, th this wouldn't be the case, right? Uh, you know, the current population projections uh, for Africa by 2050 is 10 billion, right? Sub-Saharan region to tra uh, on track to overtake Central and South Asia as most populous, right? We, we've, we've shown some of these trajectories and, um, you know, where we are in terms of the population numbers and stuff like that, right? And so likelihood is this did actually, you know, help. And I'm not trying to, like, promote the, vac the vaccine here or anything. It's not even about that. I'm just saying it's interesting that this... You know how much white people are also being blamed for everything and how bad we are and all that kind of stuff, right? And then literally the network of like, you know, the the after swells of colonialism that we had as Europeans in in Africa, in India, in even parts of Asia, that it's with our help that this is being done, right? It's that's kind of it's a side note. It's it's not the main point here or main issue, but that's kind of interesting, right? So so presumably. Because of this, presumably, uh, uh, again, unless there's some other gay op or some introduction of something else, you know, all that could be speculated and, and, and all that's good, right? But barring that, this is something that then presumably actually helped them or whatever. Could it be some other thing that's bad because of it? Sure, right, right. But on, the, on an official surface level, I'm just making that note here, that it's like, once again, evil Europeans have to show up and fix it, right? As he said, he even said, oh, this was the equivalent of a moon landing. Now, of course, there's propaganda in this, and even this could be planting the seeds to say, like, well, look, you know, we, we've eradicated it once before, and now, unfortunately, it was weaponized again by an evil, you know, an evil um, uh, group here. And so we have to mass vaccinate again. But we're not going to do those old, no, we have a better updated thing now. So trust us. It's this gene-altering thing, and it's really good. You know, it's a, it's a DNA virus, and it'll just clean it right up, you know. Anyway, interesting side note. But we'll, let's, uh, let's continue. And so we were able to take our small amount of vaccine. Uh, by the way, I did see myocarditis and pericarditis was one of the biggest um, uh, side effects from this vaccine, by the way, that they uh, used on people. Go into those villages, we vaccinated them, and the outbreak stopped so fast that it took our breath away. So Bill Fagey stumbled upon the notion of what is called surveillance and containment or ring vaccination. And it happened because they simply ran out of enough vaccine. They just vaccinated around the cases and lo and behold, bingo, it disappeared because the virus had nowhere to go. In one sense, we outthought the smallpox virus which shouldn't be hard to do when you realize they don't have a brain, but that's what we were trying to do. One by one, other countries were able to accomplish this. And by 1973, India was the biggest problem left. In 1974, India had about half a billion people. They lived in about 120 million houses in about 500,000 villages in 21 states. And to eradicate smallpox, it meant that we would have to visit every single house in India. And ultimately we did. We visited 120 million houses in India every month for about 20 months. 
we did more than a billion house calls. It was a crusade. They were inspired, not only by one another, but by the fact that, my goodness, we can actually get rid of a disease. We chipped away at it with our Indian team until we were able to show that we were containing more outbreaks than we were getting new ones. And that was the tipping point. It looked like it was coming together, and it was in February of 1974 that, and finally decided with Bill, we can do it. I think that last year was probably the most incredible public health story that I have seen in all of global health history. Across the world, we had managed to go from 10 million cases and 2 million deaths a year in just 10 years down to zero. <clears throat> now, there's other things involved, and people have mentioned this, right? Like, how much did uh, uh, life changes, you know, uh, altered this, right? Many people have argued, too, just to, you know, balance the obvious, like, you know, the, the super gung-ho pro-vaccine, pro you know, piece here that a lot of these diseases were on their way out because of, you know, uh, improved living standards and things like that, using hot water, using other things, you know, that these are still diseases that spread uh, because we're, you know, a lot of people are generally lived un unhygienically until Industrial Revolution and things like this, right? It, has that fixed everything? No, of course not. But I'm just saying that's like, that's one of the issues here too. And some people have been arguing that some of these uh, diseases were actually reintroduced with the use of the vaccine and things like this too, right? So that's not the whole story. They're you know glorifying this, but then they also use things like this to uh, you know to hit at anti-vaxxers. Say, look, you know where would where would we have been today if it wasn't for the smallpox vaccine? And the reality is, we we don't know where we would have been today, right? Uh, you, you can't know the out. You introduce something and you can you can't know what the outcome would have been if you didn't do that, right? You have to it has to play out for you to understand that. Uh, but the point is, the COVID vaccine is very different than this type of vaccine, too. Now, there's some worrying adjuvants in this one, but uh, the point is, you can't compare the COVID-19 vaccine with something like, like this. Uh, that's just the case. The mRNA gene therapy is completely different. But anyway, so they, they glorify that and just like, oh, it's all wiped out. Kind of, we did it, right? Now, the second video of, of that I want to play, too, I think this is Discover, too. Uh, is could Walt, could uh, smallpox ever come back? This is uh, this is interesting, right? So this is uh, twenty October 9th, 2018. They're dropping this little seed again of like you know it could be weaponized uh, and it might be on its way back. So let's uh, let's through that. I see uh, Valet, I think it is, or Valet over on uh, Odyssey says uh, Europe is our motherland. That's right. Thank you uh, for the donor over there on Odyssey. Almost missed that one. Appreciate it. Uh, here we go. Smallpox eradication is by far public health's greatest success. Removing the burden of smallpox changed the world. Now the challenge is, could it ever come back? Nobody wants to think about how could such an amazing victory ever be lost. But the truth... Well, maybe because CDC uh, still stores it. Maybe because they have labs in Russia that's uh, that <laughs> are exploding uh, that has it. Uh, maybe it's because you're finding cardboard boxes uh, in uh, fr freezes at Merck facilities that still have uh, part of the, uh, of the variola virus in it, smallpox, right? Ma I don't know, but call me crazy, but maybe that could have, maybe that could have something to do with it. Uh, these should be 
destroyed, all of them. If this is true, that it's been eradicated, it's never going to come back, we have it under control, these things should be destroyed and forever removed, right? No, instead we weaponize it and we study it and we make it more infectious. That's what these lunatics are doing. Truth is, smallpox is only going to come back if somebody intentionally wants it to come back. There you go. And, and who wants it to come back? Yeah, exactly. Think about that one. For many years, people have been worried that smallpox could be recreated in a laboratory. This is a big concern. Synthetic biology, yep, that's next level, DNA. In 2016, a scientist in Canada, David Evans, ordered pieces of DNA from a laboratory in Germany, and he stitched them together and made a horse pox virus. Now, all these pox viruses are very much alike. It's only smallpox that is devastating to humans. But if you can splice genes together to make any number of pox viruses, you can do it with smallpox just as easily. There you go. See? No one had ever made a virus related to smallpox before. Dr. Evans was the first one to actually do it. Now, this was a big deal for both scientists and for national security personnel because the technology and techniques to make horsepox would be exactly the same as what it would take to make smallpox. If smallpox were to reappear just as it was before, it would enter a world that has very few people vaccinated and it would be truly devastating. In the 1700s, smallpox was just an, a never-ending nightmare. You were always terrified of the next big smallpox outbreak. It could just claim your whole family. I think we've said from the very beginning that there is no way in the world that we can be 100% certain that there is no virus out there, anywhere. The Strategic National Stockpile is the nation's repository of medicines and medical supplies that we think might be necessary to respond to a public health emergency anywhere in the United States. The Strategic National Stockpile was put in place following 9-11. It's a very large pre-purchase of countermeasures, diagnostic kits, masks, vaccines, antibiotics, things that could Sorry. be used. Masks? This is, this is interesting. So you're telling me, what, what was that thing we saw during the COVID thing with the PPE not being missing? We don't have masks. Don't buy masks because they're running out. Obviously, that didn't work then. This is all, either all bullshit or they they have stockpiles of things which they just simply don't use or go to, and then they have uh, you, you know they they artificially produce these problems, right? I think that was the case with the ventilators too. They really did, like didn't need them or something like that, and then all the efforts goes again. Very tiny side issue, but interesting note, right? What the hell? The hell is that? And, and again, yeah, yes, Chad. It's not about the mask work or anything. I'm just saying, you know, how these talking points arise in the media. Um, oh my God! There's not enough masks, and then but then they have this strategic, uh, you know, countermeasure, uh, you know, warehouses full of stuff. Kits, masks, vaccines, antibiotics, things that could be used in a major bioterrorist event. 
We hold vaccines for a number of different disease threats that we're prepared for, such as anthrax, botulism, and smallpox. We spend a lot of time being prepared. That's really what we're here for, and that's what this is all about. There are at least three occasions where I know that catches of smallpox virus have been discovered, as we just found out at um, NIH. Yeah. In 2014, they found six vials marked smallpox at NIH in Washington, and they were all not only smallpox, but they were potentially infectious smallpox. The smallpox was all supposed to go into the Thank two you, freezers in Russia and the United States. But we know the Soviets spread it out all over their systems, so have we got it all? Did we ever even find it all? I don't believe there are only two... Again, it's also that perfect... It's the perfect the thing we saw with COVID here. Oh, no, China did it. Oh, no, Russia did it. Same thing here, right? If this would happen, blame Russia. It's, per it's perfect, right? Absolutely perfect why Russia can just blame the U.S. And again, this is completely myopic, right? Why would you even trust anybody in the U.S. at this point, any of these authorities for overseeing this? But, it, you know, it's always a ping pong game. And we get stuck in that, and it's just like, it's a layer on the very top. They don't care about nations. It's an international clique. It's the elite. They don't care about nations. They don't, you know, they don't adhere to that. They, uh, they don't look after nations that they come from, right? It's all about globalism and their agenda. So this is just, uh, they, they always play that game. Be very afraid, like the fear of this, the, the hype and ramping up and stuff, right? Don't get me wrong. If they weaponize it, and you know, it would be probably these people that would do it. Uh, that'd be a big problem, I think, right? Because we know they want to depopulate. So I'm not saying it's just like, oh, just ignore it or whatever, but uh, it's a game. They play a game with us as they're doing this to us. Two samples of smallpox on Earth. It's out there in other laboratories. It's out there in other freezers. So according to the State Department, there are nations that we really suspect of having barrel of virus, whether they have old samples or whether they create it through genetic engineering. Yeah, synthetic. I'm sure they'll blame like Iran soon as opposed to Israel. And I know a lot of people said they could make it. Today, synthetic biology offers the potential of being able to create smallpox from scratch in a laboratory. Synthetic biology presents enormous potential benefits for humanity. We can potentially make new foods and new medicines and new crops and new fuels. But we have oh, to right. also be aware of the potential risks. And one of those risks is the creation of viruses. Now that guy's from John Hopkins Center for, what was it called again? Sorry, let me check. Uh, John Hopkins Center for Health Security, right? And that's one of the uh, groups, of course, you know, one Johns Hopkins University. They're tied in with the Center for Health Security there at John Hopkins. And then, of course, they released a report on the global flu pandemic back in 2019, right? It's all the same groups, right? And many of these institutions, many of these foundations and stuff are funded by the very same people at the very top. Bill Gates, Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, of course, is one of the bigger ones, right? But uh, it's it's all tied in. I'm not surprised by that. But yes, the point here, too, is the synthetic reality that they come with. Uh, that's why I'm sure that if they did release something like that, that would offer us a new genetic kind of, like, no, we'll engineer you genetically if you take this... Uh, uh, th this will fix you because we're protecting you on a genetic level against a smallpox virus or something like that. Risks, and one of those risks is the creation of viruses. 
the code for how smallpox can be made. It's just available on the internet. There's a four-letter chemical code in our DNA. Yeah, so must have limit. Dr. Tom Inglesby, was he part of Event 201? Um, someone in chat said that. Uh, sorry, I lost your name there, but yeah. Uh, great Sergeant Geist. That's a very... Co- Let me do a Google on that. Tom Inglesby from John Hopkins Center for Health Security. Let me look that up. That's interesting. I, it could be very, very well be. The code for how smallpox can be made. It's just available on the internet. There's a four-letter chemical code in our DNA. Viruses have the same code. If you tell a scientist, I have this series of letters that represents a gene, they can physically stick the building blocks of genes together to build a virus gene. So it's literally sequencing every chemical letter, every A, C, G, and T, in the right order to get the entire 200,000 letter sequence of the smallpox virus. Ah, Craig Craig Venter, there you go. Interesting. Now that's a guy, one of the first videos I make way back when on longevity was Craig Venter. I I didn't even know that that was him talking there. Yeah, he's basically the inventor of synthetic biology. This is a very... I mean, this is a very creepy thing that these people will be able to use and what they can do. Let's listen to that part again, what he said there, Craig Venter. I'm looking for that Tom Inglesby uh, guy in the event 201 at the same time, so I'm kind of a little distracted here. But yeah, listen to that again. Put in our DNA. Viruses have the same. Here we go. Listen to this. The code for how smallpox can be made. It's just available on the internet. There's a four-letter chemical code in our DNA. Viruses have the same code. If you tell a scientist, I have this series of letters that represents a gene, they can physically stick the building blocks of genes together to build a virus gene. Okay, so here we go. Here's the Tommy. And there are problems emerging that can only be... This is from Event 201. That same guy, good call, uh, chat, great, uh, whatever your name was, good, uh, good, good eyeballs man uh very interesting it's the same guy here solved by global business and governments working together there he is interesting and there are problems emerging that can only be solved by global business and governments working together yeah that's right private pub- public partnership world economic forum uh all makes sense right anyway okay let's good good call let's keep watching so it's literally sequencing every chemical letter every a c g and t in the right order to get the entire 200,000 letter sequence of the smallpox virus and a scientist recreated horsepox in the lab doing just that taking mail ordered pieces of dna stitching them together and getting an infectious virus here is some good proof that this can actually be done and done for not that much money. Making smallpox synthetically wouldn't be trivial for anything but one of the most sophisticated labs. But with the technology today, it could be done. And we worry that eventually this will become easier for people to do with smallpox. And somebody in their kitchen would be able to do this, or somebody in a country where we don't have as much visibility will be able to do this. Let me pause there for a moment. This is very interesting. I, I didn't watch the whole the whole of this video uh, before. I watched like the first few minutes of it. Like, oh, this is interesting. Let's, let's watch that on the stream. 
This could be... Now, this is real, of course. This is a, a real problem, right? But usually the people that warn us about something are, is usually, not every time, but is, are usually the people that actually do it against us, right? And that goes back to the idea of plausible deniability. While you claim that you're trying to prevent someone, you're actually the originator of that thing, right? That, that's a perfect cover. It kind of shields and protects you automatically. Well, he's working to fix it. Why the hell would he pr- pr- you know, produce this problem kind of thing, right? Um, but this is, of course, a real thing as we, you know, it becomes, as they say, it's more easier, you know, CRISPR technology, you can splice and do all these things. We, we have machines that are getting cheaper and cheaper to sequence. There's all these things like technological advancement, right? Maybe the outcome here, maybe the intention here is to preempt, as they say, this technology is happening. We have to protect you. We have to preemptively take measures to protect the global population against these things if they happen, not when they happen or or, or whatever. And again, that would be the incentive to use CRISPR-like technology or mRNA technology or something like that to update you, to change your genetics, to somehow, uh, in, in their words, protect you for uh, from coming a known potential, uh, you know, bioweapons that could be uh, or viruses that could be weaponized or, or or something like that, right? I'm just throwing out the ideas here of what they would do. Uh, but that's a very plausible outcome of this too. If they don't outright release something like this to scare you into going that route, they might very well uh, try to say that we have to preemptively uh, alter you, essentially. I mean, they want to use the, the word alter you, but we'll protect. When you need to be inoculated against these things and it will be the same type of mRNA or maybe a DNA uh, type of technology that they inject you with. The only thing that's lacking from making the virus from scratch is money and intent. Three or four years from now, high school kids will be able to do what our top scientists were doing in top secret programs in the 60s. It will never be more difficult to make a bioweapon than it is today, because every day we go forward, it gets easier. All right. Interesting. Uh, now, they're not wrong, of course. They are not wrong, so uh, you have to take that for uh, what it's worth. right? So here uh, is one of the vaccines uh, that was used. There's a couple of different ones. One is called the Drivax. Very strange uh, name, but uh, whatever. Uh, ACMA 2000, generic name, smallpox, vaccina, vaccine. It's a live virus. Brand name's been patented. It's uh, on rxlist.com. Now, I won't be able to go through all this because I do want to get to a couple of other things here, too, before we wrap up for today. I uh, don't want to be too long-winded, uh, but check out this uh, source if you want to uh, find out more about it. Search for ACM, uh, ACAM2000. It's on rxlist.com, and they do mention, you know, uh, uh, ingredients and stuff, what's in it. They mention some of the common side effects. Um, myocarditis is actually one of them. It's big there. I'm not sure what is the deal with that in vaccines. Uh, uh, this seems to be a very common thing, heart issues and stuff, right? There's some warnings there and stuff, but, uh, you know, and you can read more, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, under, uh, uh, let me see here, where is it? Um, yeah, side effects, you have that there. Uh, overall adverse reaction profile. They have, here's a table of uh, adverse events that was reported. Uh, okay, dry wax, I guess, is the name of the ACMA 2000. I guess that that is the name then. Uh, they showed some of that. That could be interesting for you to go through. Precautions and warnings. I can't find it. Where's the adverse yeah, here's the issue. Myocarditis and pericarditis is the M, 
uh, in the ACMA 2000 clinical trial experience, right? Cardiac disease, there's all these things too. So this doesn't also come without risks. I'm just saying that as, you know, as they just glorifying this vaccine and it's solved everything or whatever, there's a whole nother set of risks and issues that arise as always with this, right? We think we have one way out of it, presumably the original smallpox vaccine, or sorry, the smallpox, smallpox virus, variola, is natural and it's not some artificially created thing unless we're talking about some uh, cruel and uh, demonic uh, alien force that uh, created us here and then they put the vaccines here for us too or some uh, vengeful god or something right it arose in nature presumably you know barring those weird uh, uh, different uh, other other items uh, and so you will have risk. You live in reality. You live in nature. It will have risks. And then we think we have a, a shortcut and we can fix everything. Uh, and, and there's always issues and side effects, uh, you know, kind of coming in the wake of that. But again, I don't think that they would use something like this. I'm going to brought this up just to balance the other piece, right, where they showed that it's like it, it fixed all the issues. We, 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 we did it right. But they even talk about shedding here, right, that it would be essentially if you do. They have never done a global mass vaccination campaign because that would also reintroduce it that would you know people that are not vaccinated in the very same way would uh could get in infected by a person that had been recently vaccinated right anyway so you go through all that in that piece um actually not in this i, I apologize not in this piece uh in the rx one let me go to the next one right here yeah this one sorry sorry this one explains this the part of the shedding and part of the other issues too uh, the other one is more about the ingredients, but there's always some adverse effects on that one too. This is from uh, NCBI, their website. Smallpox vaccine: the good, the bad, the ugly. Right. So that's something for you to look into if you want to, if you're you're curious. I haven't gone through all of this uh, yet, uh, but that's to balance that discussion. Okay, a couple of more things here. Rare monkeypox case found in person who came from Nigeria to Maryland. Okay, great. Thank you, globalism, once again, right? Early cases of uh, COVID and stuff. We say <laughs> close to borders, close to borders, close to borders. Stop airline traffic, close to borders. Do it now, do it now, quick, do it. No, it didn't happen, spread, bloom. Even if you believe it's real or whatever, the official thing, the fix for this officially would have been just to close the borders, right? As soon as you know that something happened and they didn't do it. Took them months for them to, to, to do that, right? Before they uh, uh, blocked, you know, airline uh, traffic and stuff like that from China. And they flew to Italy, Chinese people, they got moved, flew into France and stuff, right? All right, so here's um, another story on this rare contagious monkeypox virus appears in Maryland uh, after patient returned from overseas travel. This is from uh, today, actually, in fact, uh, coincidentally. Now, monkeypox is a different. Uh, type of virus, as far as I understand it. I'm just waiting for this ad to play here so we can listen to the video here. Here we go. Several monkeypox case in the state. The county's health department says a man traveled from Nigeria to Dallas Love Field on July 9th. The CDC is helping contact those who were on his flight, but they say since masks are still required on flights, the spread risk is low. It doesn't spread easily in general. The infected man is being treated in an isolation at a North Texas hospital. Monkeypox symptoms include a rash, fever, and other flu-like symptoms. Only people oh. who have symptoms can spread the virus. All right, so that's a little this summary for you there. Let me, let me pause that right there. All right, uh, interesting. Let me see here. Uh, Archie says Garth Nicholson There's no tested. place quite like Idaho. Uh, okay, let me, just, let me just close this out. What the hell? There we go. All right. Yeah, here's more on the monkey stuff going on. But, um, Garth Nicholson, Archie says here, testified to the Senate insisting 
that USA soldiers were infected with the my mycoplasm, my mycoplasm, fermentus bioweapons in the Gulf War, and so insisted that all bioweapons research to be stopped. Yeah, Gulf War syndrome, right? That was one thing, and and if it was as far as I understand that, I'm not sure if that was officially or just the conspiracy, which of course always is wrong. They, 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 those who have conspiracy theories that never turns out to be right or correct or proven right or anything like that. But I thought it was the that was actually pinned down to be the vaccine. Um, now this issue of the depleted uranium too, I, we shouldn't exclude that. That's a big part of the uh, a possible issue, right? But I thought it was down to the vaccine. But yeah, the, no, the uh, soldier is one of the main uh, populations that they experiment on. And that's why some people even speculated that uh, patient zero for the, the COVID thing uh, was at the military uh, games, which took place in, in Wuhan just a few months earlier before the pandemic took place, right? There was a China thing that they blamed, they blamed the U.S. That, that, it's that finger-pointing game we talked about earlier, right? Um, Jay Wallace says Ebola was also in Dallas during Obama's last term. Yeah, that's still been coming and going. A, a case here and there that's not like, you know, fully gone away and it comes and again, it's just, you know, open borders, mass migration, you know, uh, not a problem, right? Well, you know, we have to, you know, we have to vaccinate and vaccine passports and testing and all the, all that crazy stuff now. Uh, but from some countries, you can just go right in and never be tested for any of these, you know, really deadly and dangerous diseases, right? Uh, so Fauci's NIA NIAD funding Island of Monkeys in South Carolina used for horrific maximum pain experiments. It couldn't get uh, any better than this. I wonder if they did any monkeypox research there and, and things like this, right? Now, we lived in Charleston, South Carolina for a while, and I remember we had a, you know, some good friends down there. And, uh, you know, we went on a boat a few times. Uh, we, we never went or anything. I think it's, it's I forget what, what he said. I think it's blocked. I think it's it's well guarded and stuff like that. But yeah, it's actually known as M Monkey Island. Um, and it's like the Department of Natural Resources or something that's like overseeing and watching it or something like that. Uh, but they're actually doing tests and, and weird shit on monkeys there. And people have been, again, speculating, will, will so, something could, you know, a monkey could get loose, you know, all this kind of crazy stuff, right? Uh, but again, Fauci's fingers are, are, are part of every of every pie, right? Dr. Anthony Fauci and the National Institute of Health are using an island off the coast of South Carolina to breed monkeys for the use of horrific maximum pain animal experimentation. New photographs and details obtained by White Coat Waste Project and provided exclusive to Timcast, is that the sort? Oh, Timcast. Uh, reveal the extent of the taxpayer-funded cruelty and lack of regard for the well-being of these highly intelligent animals. A new investigation has found that Fauci's revolting record on taxpayer-funded animal testing is even bigger than Beaglegate. He's also wasting millions of tax dollars to subsidize a secretive island where primates are bred for his labs that inflict punishing pain on monkeys and ghoulish withhold pain relief, ghoulishly withhold pain relief, uh, Devin Murphy, public policy and communications manager at White Coat Waste Project, told uh, Tim Cast, Fauci is addicted to spending and taxpayers don't want to foot the bill for, for his government monkey business. I see what you did there. Very clever. Approximately 600 monkeys are taken from Morgan Island per year and shipped to some of the federal government's most painful and cruel laboratories for animal research. Okay, so I guess the claim then is, I stand corrected, Maybe they don't do the testing on that island. It's just for breeding. But they do ship them out to do. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it. Don't get me wrong. Plum Island is like a big a big one, right? That's off of uh, 
is that off of New York or something? Uh, New York State, I think it belongs to. Plum Island, right? So they do stuff like that on islands. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but as a technicality, maybe they don't do it on the actual island, but they breed the monkeys there. Anyway, point stands. It's a very, very, very important for them to have that monkey supply. Monkey supply, right? Um, as of June 30th, 2019, there were 3,044 primates living on Morgan Island, with 77% of the population being females, according to documents obtained by this group through a FOIA request. It's estimated that approximately 750 newborn monkeys are born on the island to await their potential use for vivisection each year. Uh, the island has been managed for the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases by Charles River Laboratories, one of the largest suppliers of laboratory animals in the world since 2007, according to a federal spending database. A total of 13.5 million of potential uh, of a potential 27.5 million contract has been given to Charles River Laboratories to maintain the Monkey Island colony since March 2018. A sizable chunk of those funds. 8.9 million was paid by Dr. Fauci's division, NIAID, of the NIH. The monkeys themselves are also owned by NIAID. So that's some gruesome picture of some of the stuff that they're doing to these poor animals. Uh, but there you go. There you go. Some uh, th There's more to the story, so I, I propose to go through it. But uh, uh, holy shit, it just doesn't end with this guy, does it? It's amazing that he's still there and he lies and he just, you know, obfuscates. And uh, it, it's just incredible. Uh Wow. Yeah, so that's uh, related to that, Archie, that you mentioned that, that they do tests on their own soldiers. They have uh, uh, animals, you know, that they breed just for, for experimentation purposes, of course. Black Phillips has a totally different rabbit hole with vaccines is with polio. It's claimed the vaccine has, done, uh, has harmed more than served. I've heard that, too. In fact, polio in the 1950s uh, might have been a result of DDT in crops. Also, Sock, the maker of the vaccine, didn't patent it. Very suspect. Okay, interesting. Uh, patent the polio vaccine? I would assume, yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard that it was reintroduced with the vaccine as opposed to actually stopping it, uh, something like that, right? Which is kind of which is kind of crazy. Um, we'll do this. One of the last things we'll do is I think we have to look at the. There's stuff happening at the Polish, uh, the Belarus-Poland border that's heating up. I think we need to look at the COVID restrictions that's coming to Europe, and we'll do a quick scan through uh, of that before we wrap up here, uh, folks. I hope you enjoy that before we uh, leave here. This is, um, yeah, that's Belarus border issues. Uh, okay, so let's begin in Germany. German, and I, I guess that wraps up our our our, our smallpox you know, segment as well for now. So I guess cl just closing thoughts on that before we do these stories real quick. Uh, they are dropping all the seeds that they need to to prepare us for uh, some kind of outbreak in the same way they've done with like cyber attacks. And and again, this is exactly the same way uh, that they did years leading up to the COVID outbreak uh, or the COVID you know pandemic and lockdowns and all the measures and the vaccination programs and stuff. Um, they planted the seeds with the global flu uh, pandemic. That's it, just around the corner. It's going to come at any point, right? They're planting those seeds with the smallpox, and it could be very possible that either they intentionally release something, either it's accidentally released because of these labs and the negligence there, and the fact that they're finding these things all over the place still. There could still be uh, people that got this out from the Soviet bloc when they collapsed, etc., right? Um, or it's a synthetic thing. Synth synthetic biology will produce this thing, and then it's released by an actual nefarious party. Still possible. Again, I think that the, the goal of it is 
As usual, more depopulation if this COVID uh, uh, thing in the vaccination campaign doesn't take care of the population. Maybe a maybe a smallpox virus will, right? For example, that's to finish off the uh, the anti-vaxxers after this is said and done. Who knows, right? Uh, but just uh, just know what's going on here and that they're planting these seeds now, and that might very well be for a reason, right? Uh, and or as I said, the other possible outcome of this is that if they can turn up the temperature enough, it's very hard to do and just say like, oh, just in case, it's very hard. So, so I would assume that they actually have something real or something managed that still is real. Uh, this is that they can do their TV uh, commercials and their uh, sound bites and their uh, the press conferences and stuff like that uh, about you know an outbreak uh, of smallpox. And then that will trigger uh, the implementation of a type of medication or a vaccine or something, which in return will have another desired outcome so that's kind of how I, I how i view the situation at this point so that's something to be aware of but uh yes let's go over to covid now and um, talk about what's happening in europe specifically uh austria recently imposed of course uh very draconian measures uh lockdowns for everybody that is not vaccinated and according to one video uh a gentleman by the name of alexander and i presume that he arranges uh, various protests and things like that in Al in austria He's claiming that there are discussions now internally in the government of Austria uh, to forcefully inject everyone with this mRNA gene therapy, the software update, before Christmas. Look at this. Hello, dear friends of justice and human rights anywhere in the world. This is Alexander from Austria calling for help and support. Austria, since yesterday, 15 November, is in the state of lockdown for everybody who is not vaccinated. Also, official authorities are discussing forced vaccinations for every inhabitant of this country before Christmas. We are going to organize the probably largest rally for freedom that Austria has ever seen on November 20 in Vienna. If you can manage to join us, please come. If you cannot, please organize solidarity rallies in front of Austrian representations, embassies, consulates in your country. I repeat, lockdown for all people who are not vaccinated is already in place. Children from 5 to 12 are being vaccinated and they are discussing forcefully vaccinating every inhabitant of our country before Christmas. All right. Uh, and of course, not better in Germany. Uh, the German state imposes restrictions on unvaccinated people. Um, Again, infection rates reach new high. All these Western European countries, some of the most some of the most vaccinated countries in the world, uh, are seeing the most deaths and the most rise in cases, uh, which is incredible, right? Uh, Gibraltar, of course, canceled Christmas, as I said earlier, uh, essentially as a consequence of that. And the adult population in Gibraltar is one hundred percent vaccinated, fully vaccinated, which is soon be about to be uh, less so because they changed. You know the terminology and change the goal, move the goalpost, and it's not until you have a, a, had a third booster shot that you're fully vaccinated. So these numbers will continue to fluctuate, right? 
Um, but yeah, so uh, uh, North Rhine-Westphalia, the country's most populous state in Germany, has joined the list of states that now follow the so-called 2G rule, according to the uh, news agency. 2G stands for uh, Gimpft, vaccinated, and uh, Gestet, tested, right? So tested and vaccinated, the 2G rule, to attend events during German carnival season, also known as the fifth season. Uh, which began on November uh, 11th. People must also now follow new rules, rules which requires vaccinated or recovered individuals to show fresh negative COVID-19 tests. Most of these measures do not apply to children and young people yet, until, of course, uh, the vaccines are rolled out. And that's going down in the ages now, too. And we'll talk about that in a moment. The head of the Chemnitz Clinic in Germany committed suicide because of lies about vaccination. Thomas Youngies committed suicide by jumping from the roof of the hospital. In his suicide note, the doctor alleged, uh, allegedly justifying his move by saying that he could no longer tolerate constant lies and cheating about supposedly harmless vaccinations related to COVID. Dr. Thomas Youngies wrote a rather impressive suicide letter, which he demanded to be published. In it, he said uh, to have uh, had sh- uh, sharply criticized the government's information policy regarding the dangers of the vaccinations against COVID-19. The doctor could no longer stand the constant lie that vaccinations were supposedly harmless and he could no longer deceive patients. He should have just spoken out. Why did you kill yourself? Literally one of the worst things, to get attention, I guess? Like, okay, yeah. In the note, Jung strongly condemns the vaccination of the population with the experimental deadly COVID-19 vaccine, which is an actual biological warfare agent. In his opinion, this is genocide and a crime and crime against humanity. Since the mayor threatened him with dismissal if he did not comply and refused to vaccinate the clinic's patients, Jengis presumably had no other option. He did not want to condone any crimes committed by the federal government, the state government, and their henchmen. The doctor saw his suicide as the only way to send a signal against all of this. These are separate excerpts uh, from the entire suicide note, which are now in circulation. Although Dr. Jengis ordered uh, the publication of the suicide note in full, according to reports, the mayor of Chemnitz, Sven Schulz, uh, continues to prevent this publication. Numerous groups have formed on various forums demanding that Schulz abandon his position and finally begin to respect the last wishes of y- Jungus. Uh, so here's the story where this is from. Maybe we have German speakers that can confirm this or maybe this is, oh, that's not true or something. But um, uh, this is from a website called uh, The Free World, Die Freie Welt. Uh, so it seems to be a alt alt media right there, but okay. So b- uh, interesting, b- big if true. Uh, Sweden is doing uh, a similar thing here now too. After of course not doing anything for years and years, which I told you was because of incompetence. Now with enough time, even they are uh, managed to get their uh, shit together, uh, and, the, and the tyrants in, in the government uh, is now imposing medical uh, medical two tier society. And will be enforced from December 1st and onward. A COVID pass. The government is now publicly announcing its plans to use the new the new powers through the COVID law in any, uh, in a way that many critics over the past year have warned about. From December 1st and onward, the implementation of the COVID pass in Sweden will be implemented. Uh, Minister of Social Affairs Lena Hallgren announced at a press conference this afternoon. Um, and of course, it's. Uh, I, I looked at a, a you, they link up a YouTube video, and it's like three women is like doing all these things. They're standing up at the podium and enforcing all this, including like a, a, a lunatic from the culture minister, because a lot of these things will be 
affecting you know uh, uh, big cultural events you know where you demand you know hundred plus people and so forth. So they wheeled her out. You know, remember the Swedish lady with like the the cringy dreadlocks and stuff. She's one overseeing culture in Sweden. You know, see the ones that like they 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 condone the melting of Viking artifacts. You know, these kinds of lunatic leftists. But yeah, three women are are, are up there doing all this shit. Uh, great. Just just uh, so much better with women in charge of things, isn't there? Um, we take take a look at this video here. Here's for some. Uh, Here's some uh, for some European news here. We have a, a presenter here that's going to give us an update on uh, European news here. Uh, COVID in Europe, Sweden's new COVID pass as Slovakia targets unvaccinated. Right, so m- m- Slovakia is planning new restrictions on unvaccinated people in an effort to tame the latest surge of coronavirus infections that have caused a critical situation in the country's hospitals. The prime minister said Tuesday. Now this guy here goes. We can watch a bit. Of the, he goes through some of the Poland's. Porter crisis. Health or- oh, here we go. Let's listen. Organization to says Europe is the only region in the world where COVID-19 deaths increased last week. In its latest report, the w- COVID deaths. Europe is the only region in the world where COVID deaths increased, and is, of course also the most vaccinated. So suck on that. WHO right? said further surges in the Americas, Europe, and Asia meant new infections were up six percent globally. In Europe, around 60% of people are fully vaccinated, but only about half that number are in Eastern Europe, where governments are struggling with widespread vaccine hesitancy. There have been more protests against the Austrian government's introduction of restrictions on the movement of unvaccinated people. All those aged 12 or over not jabbed can't leave their homes except for essential activities. The country hit a new daily record on Wednesday with more than 14,000 COVID-19 cases reported. You know what? That is kind of interesting because as they remove the unvaccinated from society and they continue to blame the unvaccinated, you will still see deaths, you will still see cases, you will see all these things just go up and continue and more and more and more and more. Which, again, will prove... You, you know, it's like Denmark, right? They, they reimposed uh, lockdown, same thing with Norway. And then they continue to blame without evidence that it, this is because of the unvaccinated. When vaccination rates is like 80% uh, almost, right, in, in Norway, something like that. 70, uh, reaching se- 70 fully or something, like those with one jab, 80%, right? Um, so I'm not saying it's good, but in a way it's interesting. As they're trying, like as they squeezing and and ensuring that the the problem group, as they're re- removed from society, society keeps having the very problems that they say is to blame for the group that they have removed from society. See what I'm saying? So in a way that, that this is <laughs> an open air experiment here. The Czech Republic has announced additional measures as new cases hit the highest level to date. A ban stopping unvaccinated people accessing public events and services will start from Monday. Caretaker Prime Minister Andrei Babish says negative tests will no longer be accepted as permission to enter events and service establishments. Yep, they're removing natural immunity. Unbelievable. Well, let's cross over to our reporter in Brussels, Jack Parag, who has... All right, okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you, sir. I appreciate that update. Uh, Italy. Uh, yep, yep, exactly. It was, uh, I think, Italy. Uh, Italian governors call for unvaccinated to be put under lockdown. They're all, they're all doing the same thing now as Austria, right? It's, it's coming. It's here. It's just going to be absolute fucking hell for people that don't know. I mean, at this point, it's like, you, okay, you, can, you don't have to go to concerts or a movie theater or something like that, right? 
but you're going to see the squeeze and the news tighten here. The real, of course, you know, breaking point will be when you can no longer go to a grocery store, right? Like we've seen in, in Latvia, right? We reported on that a while back. And we don't even hear too much about that. I should do a follow-up on that, which is just insane. They've referred it back to their old Soviet uh, tricks, right? Where they are selling produce out of the back of a car on a parking lot. Because you're not allowed to go into the store. Remember those Italian, I think it was Italy or France, where uh, old women have been uh, rejected, uh, you know, from going in and, and getting groceries, right? Czech Republic also banned Anjab from numerous venues, right? So they're all doing this in lockstep. Five Italian governors have called for lockdown measures to be imposed on the unvaccinated following the example of Austria. While Czech Republic and Slovakia are also moving to enforce similar methods. Germany, that's everywhere, right? It's just incredible. Absolutely insane. Yeah, we don't have to do uh, too much about this. But yeah, Czech Republic, this is 10 hours ago, uh, to ban unvaccinated people from public events, right? And that's how it begins. Again, I thought Andrew ba- Babish was good on some issues on this. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Uh, Slovakia reported a record number, record number of cases Wednesday in Hungary, and Poland had the highest numbers in more than six months. Well, that's good that we have all those people at the border, border then try to pre- penetrate into uh, Poland there to... Um, uh, to, to, to bring more in. From that time, Monday, only vaccinations uh, and having recovered from COVID will be recognized. At least they have natural immunity too. When it comes to services and public events, Bobby said, adding, people have to finally believe that COVID kills. <laughs> well, so does the vaccine and it doesn't protect you, dumbass. Uh, Houston, Texas, knocking on doors to check if you've been vaccinated. Houston Health Department. Do you need Houston Health Department? Yeah, no answer. Houston Health Department. Houston Health Department. Houston Health Department. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm an natural thing. Houston Health Department, how are you doing today? What? Houston Health Department. Houston Health Department. Boom, 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 boom. Have you gotten your vaccine? You stand in your underwear and you're just like, oh, uh, I haven't, no, I haven't taken it. You're like a little blurry or a little tired or something, right? You're caught off guard. And then they take down and make a little note there. Are you unvaccinated? Okay, okay, good. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll just make a note about that. What, uh, what was your uh, last name again? Okay, I'll leave it right here at the door, right? Yeah, I don't know who, I don't know who would open their door, to be honest. Even if, like, if you don't know the person, why, why even open, right? Especially when they show up like with masks and like the the you know the the papers. Are they putting notes on the door, or just uh, in the mailbox maybe? The next floor, System enforcers are showing up. Compliance robots. There you go. There you have it. Houston, Texas. Good stuff. All right. A couple of uh, quick updates here. We're going to wrap up just in a minute here. But uh, Dr. Fauci admits vaccines did not work as advertised and that vaccinated are in great, great danger today. Interesting. This is uh, for Outtech from a podcast he was on. Let's uh, listen to this. Point number three, we are seeing something that is really interesting. And I'd like to get a little bit more unpacking of it with you in in a bit. Mm-hmm. 
And that is we're starting to see waning immunity against infection and waning immunity in the beginning aspect against hospitalization. And if you look at Israel, Mm -hmm. which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us in the dynamics of the outbreak, in their vaccine response, and in every other element of the outbreak, they are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent death, which is starting to now involve all age groups. It isn't just the elderly. Mm. So if one looks back at this, one can say, do you know, it isn't as if a booster is a bonus, but a booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have. See, there's the kicker, right? That's what they, you know, and I get it. This is the gateway pundit rumble channel, right? Dr. Fauci admits vaccines did not work as advertised and the vaccines aren't great. He didn't say not as advertised. They just pretend we're just discovering this now, despite the fact that, you know, credible and and, uh, rational and, and intelligent scientists have talked about this and said that this is most likely what's going to happen. And it's not going to protect you. It's not going to work or whatever. Um, but the kicker is they're saying this so that you will get the booster. It's always the problem reaction solution kind of thing here, right? So the, the, they're, they're admitting that this is a problem, but uh, but don't worry, we have the fix for that, right? So, don't you know, I mean, those who have choose, chosen at this point not to be vaccinated, I, I would assume they're not much else. Uh, you know, barring, you know, being banned from absolutely everything or something that, that will make, make them go in the opposite direction or, or, or change their mind on this. But it's to get those who've already gotten all the jabs to get the boosters and then the follow up. I'd like to see. Can I get the? Can we make a request? Can we get a, uh, uh, a, a booster shot selfie from Richard Spencer? Can we get the third shot? Can we get a fourth? Then when there's the fourth one, can we get that too in a promo and a plug for it? That'd be great. It's just a little request I put in there. Uh, I'd like to see some of these people that push the vaccine. I like to, I like to, I like them to see to to them to go and get their boosters, right? Even uh, even uh, Jordan Peterson, for Christ's sake, has now buyer's remorse, right? Vax, vaccine regret. <laughs> we talked about that in the Week and Warrior show, showing that like, oh, you know, now you're getting that, like you're understanding, not folding to a tyrannical government, Mr. Anti-Tyranny and individualist dude, uh, now you're understanding all of a sudden where this was going? You didn't see that until now? It's, it's incredible. These, these people are supposed to be intelligent? I don't think so. They're assets. That's what they are, all of them. Everyone I mentioned. Pfizer hid from public the number of deaths in COVID clinical trials. Imagine my shock. Actual number was 21 which was six more than was reported and four more than un, the unvaccinated group. Uh, that, is just, uh, that is just incredible, isn't it? Brought to you by Pfizer. Pfizer lied about the number of individuals who died during COVID vaccine trials. The actual number of deaths during the clinical trials was, not tw- was 21, not 16. As originally reported, this was four more deaths than the clinical trials control group. Uh, so Pfizer lied about their de- their deadly trials and just reported their greatest earning ever. When do arrests start? Yeah, the, 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 when are these people going to be held uh, accountable, right? Um, 
According to Vera's website, there were 12,412 deaths linked to the Pfizer vaccine this year. Uh, but, you know, safe and effective. We don't have to go through the details of that. That's just crazy. And, of course, one of the last ones we'll do here. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, if you have any infants out there, sign up uh, on the uh, the Kid Cove website to get your six-month-year-old baby vaccinated with Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine. Can you believe this fucking evil? I'm sorry, I try to remain calm and not use that language, but this is just, I, I just don't know, I, I cannot process this in any other way. Biotechnology company Moderna Therapeutics will soon begin large-scale testing of its COVID-19 vaccine on infants. The vaccine clinical trial called KidCove, that's some symbolic thing about some sat satanic, some cove that's being, I don't know, uh, is being carried out at 79 locations across 13 states and will involve roughly 13,275 participants between the ages of six months and 11 years old in its entirety. The first phase, which has already been completed, involved children between the ages of 6 years to less than 12 years old. The study is now reportedly in its second phase. What's the time span between these? Can we get a long-term study, please, before you start doing any of this? Even then I wouldn't take it, but even now this is insane. During which children between the ages of 2 years to less than 6 years old will undergo testing. The third and final stage will test the vaccine on children ages 6 months to less than 2 years old. In August, trial admissions reportedly amassed all the participants they needed for uh, each stage. Participants in the clinical trial are given two injections in the upper arm about 28 days apart and then asked to return with their guardian to the study site for at least four follow-up appointments over the next 13 months, according to Kid Cove. That's the, side of the, that's the website here, Kid Cove. Oh, look at this. Check your child's eligibility. Well, check to see if your child is eligible by asking some questions. Get started. This is just fucking insane. I just, I don't know. It's just. And um, I guess we'll end with this one then. If that didn't, it's, it's of course, something really. Uh, something that uh, definitely don't will you know work will clash. That's the word I'm looking for. Clash with this here, right? But uh, if 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 there was nothing else convincing you, how about uh, how about this one uh, from uh, I think this is Washington's ad uh, for you to go get vaccinated. Here we go. I'm vaxxed. I'm waxed. And I'm back in action. <laughs> Do you, want to, do you want to see that again? Let me see that again. Here we go. I'm vaxxed. I'm waxed. And I'm back in action. Brought to you by Pfizer. All right. I don't even. I, I can't. I can't even. I cannot even. Ladies and gentlemen, well overdue here, so we got to wrap up. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please sign up over at subscribestar.com slash redice. Get a membership, redicemembers.com. Check out Weekend Warriors, second hour of many of our shows and other shorter scripted, uh, you know, um, exclusive 
videos just for members. We also do uh, live streams here and there occasionally for uh, members uh, on sporadic occasions. Something for you to check out. Uh, Subscribestar.com slash red ice. We're trying to get 300 over there. We're around, uh, we're kind of hovering around the 290. Uh, when we do reach 300, we'll do something special. We'll ask you guys what uh, you want to see us do. Maybe an AMA, maybe a call-in show, maybe a video on a specific topic, maybe a live stream marathon. We'll figure something out. We'll uh, check with you guys what you want to see us do. But yes, uh, definitely sign up over there. Entropystream.live slash TV. That works as well. They have month-to-month -month, uh, if you prefer. Otherwise, you can do um, one-time payment all the way up to two years. And of course, it gets cheaper per month the longer subscription you get as well if you get a, uh, a sub that's... Uh, not just, uh, let me see, is this the one? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, if you get a sub that is uh, up to, uh, you know, if you do a two-year one, it's uh, much, I forget what it, how it breaks down. I, I should do, have the math on that, uh, what the price is per month then, but it's uh, less than it is if you do month-to-month. -month, so that's an incentive for you to get a longer sub as well. Uh, Cash App, of course, that still works. Uh, we have a, 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 a ACH um, e-check option as well. For those in the U.S., it's the same way that you pay a utility bill. That's uh, an easy way to sign up. Uh, we do accept crypto, virtually any currency. If you can't say the one that you do want to pay with, send us an email, redice at protomail.com, uh, and we uh, should be able to provide you with a wallet address uh, to cover your sub. We also have a mailing address for you right there. Some people prefer that. Thank you to those of you who send uh, donos and gifts and stuff over there. We do appreciate that very, very much. Uh, some of you wants to remain anonymous. We don't mention about that, but uh, thank you to you guys as well. Uh, for doing that, of course. But um, yeah, that's uh, it then for us, ladies and gentlemen. That's it uh, for us today. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great rest of your day, evening, morning, wherever you are, whenever you're tuning in and watching. We do appreciate you. Uh, but guys, we'll be back with much more here soon. Friday is coming up, of course, uh, just a day away. Uh, we're working on another video in the background of all of this, of course, too. Lana's has uh, a couple of ones in the pipelines. So we'll try to wrap up and finish up those. Uh, but otherwise, always good to see you. Thank you to all the support over in uh, Entropy and on Odyssey as well. Uh, stay, uh, stay calm, everybody. We'll get through this. Keep fighting. Keep waking up as many people as you can. Stay brave and always remember that the guilty will be punished. When things are said and done, the guilty will be punished. We'll see you soon. Take care. Do you love Red Ice? Want more? Get access to exclusive material by signing up for a Red Ice membership. You'll be able to watch Weekend Warrior, our flagship show, the second hour of interviews, and other special feature videos only for subscribers. Were you a member and we lost you along the way? Renew! We love and appreciate you guys and gals and cannot do this without you. Help us be a sane voice, a lighthouse in the sea of insanity. As times get tougher, as people are searching for answers, they're going to need content like Red Ice. A little of all your support can go a long way. Thank you.